It is the Chair Shot Podcast coming to you on an unseasonably warm October Eve here. We have we have segued into the Halloween season and we're getting the not at all trademark 22 degree heat here in Ireland. Uh, you know, uh, synonymous with 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 this the scary season. Uh, I'm Barry, of course, joined as always on my ever dependable co-host. First of all, we got Paul. Hello, everybody. And also got Joe. Hello, everyone. The lads, the boys are back in town. The reports are true, uh, and uh, we've got uh, we actually have, we have quite a a packed packed uh, um, run sheet here to uh, uh to get to um on this year broadcast so we'll just jump straight into things here and i suppose the most pressing issue since we last spoke was of course the wrestle dream show uh which we've all seen i i didn't watch all of it but i've seen i've seen the, the pertinent things from it didn't watch hang on hang on didn't watch all of it you talk about the pre-show I I sorry I, I I picked and chose all right I picked and chose all right listen this f- four hour pay per view and also four hours of ten I haven't watched Dynamite or Collision either by the way um this eight hours of wrestling to be watched in a week is just it's just not vibing with my lifestyle do you know what I mean I've got I've got sleep to have I've got dinners to make you know um and all that but anyway let's not let's not get bogged down in that did he, did you all watch the pre show. Uh, mm. Yes. No, no, I did. I did. I did. What? Not, the, not the first match, but the, the other. Ah, oh, well. the fair weather fans I'm with here. Okay, so. Oh. I don't always watch the pre show, to be fair, because it's the pre show. Yeah, well, listen, well, we've got. That's we've true. got. They're We've got a lot of matches, matches to get through here. What, just what's the what's the must know info from the pre-show? Uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Josh Barnett was a lot of fun because Josh Barnett looks like a big old grumpy. That was great man who who knock you out. Yeah. touching his motorbike or something. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but more um, so that it's a style that you don't often see in a big, well-lit arena. It was, it was catch. It was wrestling. Yeah, it was catch, very, catch very fun. On. Yeah. Yeah, when he was announced, I was like, that's an interesting get because it's just, it's AEW doesn't really do that style a whole bring lot. Back. But, uh, bring him bring back. Bring him back, absolutely. Sign him um, up. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the most noteworthy thing, I suppose, from the pre-show there. Uh, Segwaying into the main show, we got MJF retaining uh, uh, the ROH Tag Team titles over the Righteous. I will uh, jump straight in here and say this is one of the ones I did not watch. So take me through it, lads. Talk about how great it was. Fair it enough. Was, um, it was absolutely worthless. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, what I, uh, that's what I anticipated. I did, how, how many times this year has MJF opened the pay-per-view? Quick, pop quiz, hot shot. Three, if you count the Wembley pre-show, or if you not. count Wembley pre-show, it's actually four times. Did, did, did the, the Fatal Four Way title match open or no? With Sammy and Jungle Boy, and did that open that pay for you or not? Wait, which one? The, the Four Pillars. Yeah. No, that no, was on, that was like that was on second last. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's only main evented two two of the six pay-per-views this year and he's been on first four times i would suggest that's not ideal for your world champion i'm just putting it out no. there he, he wants to watch the rest of the, sh- the great show you know he wants to just they're, they're on they're on fire on pay-per-view at the moment so he wants to just get out there early and then go he doesn't want to ruin that by I, no, wonder, I, wanna, I wonder legitimately mad. if he's looking at what they're doing with roman reigns and thinking fewer world title matches 
meaning when you have one, it's more special. I don't, I don't agree with that or think that it's the right approach, but I wonder legitimately if there's a tactic to not having him defend. They only have seven pay-per-views a year anyway. It's not like they're doing one a month. And he's still having tag matches with jobbers. It would make sense if he only wrestled like every two months, but he's, yeah. he's out there wrestling. I know. Absolute fucking drizzling. I, th- I think, I think, of honor. no offense to the righteous. No, I, I think, I think at the, at, at the time, it was a nice little extra bit of, you know, uh, nice seasoning, nice little bit yeah. of seasoning. Yeah, and we're like, come on, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, all in was coming up on, a month and a half ago, yeah. get the Ring of Honor tag team titles off these lads. Don't even give them to someone else. Just throw them away, right? We don't need them. Get rid of those. And MJF is only the world champion. And we this, this has gone from a nice bit of seasoning to a complete distraction and a waste of time. Um, yeah. Unless the end game is that the kingdom win the tag team titles from him as part of the story, just get to it already. But what are we spinning our wheels for for two months to get to the kingdom win the Ring of Honor tag team titles? I mean, that's not something that you need to necessarily build up for months and months and months, and then everyone fucking orgasms when they win it. We, like it doesn't matter. And it's 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 not like this slow burn of this story is 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 uh, getting the tickets flying out the door either for people to come and watch these shows, you know. So uh, you know yeah. that's no. you know. So this 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 long form story they're telling. I don't know if it's really uh, uh, clicking, but anyway, uh, I did watch this next match though. Eddie Kingston defeating Katsuri Shabata. This is more my Very speed. Uh, this is just good stuff. Yeah, it was just Kingston is uh, Kingston's having a great time right now. He got to be in the G one. Mm-hmm. He won the Ring of Honor title in New York. He's wrestling Shabata. You know, he's he's having a great year. I thought this was, I thought this was really good stuff. I think they made reference to that on commentary, right? That he was having this this run of form. Which yeah. is good because he's one of those characters, and I think this is the right way to do it. He's one of those characters who loses a lot because you're always rooting for him and he's an underdog. And I think it's it's always important in wrestling to let them have their moment, these guys. You know, I'm sure like, you know, this will be Eddie will use this year in promos for years to come as the peak he wants to get back to. It's important for these characters to eventually get something. Do you know what I mean? Because he's been a guy who's lost and lost and mm-hmm. lost, and he was always the butt of jokes. All of his feuds always re- revolved around how people expected better of him, and he was such a disappointment. And it's like it's good, it's good to get him up there so that that you know it, when he go, when he loses the next big one, that people do still believe in him. But uh, yeah, match itself was good fun and. Um, yeah, Shibata's great. I mean, like, I, 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 I don't know why Shibata's not more of a fixture in AEW, but it, I mean, I think they do keep him special at the very least as a, as a um, pay per view attraction mostly. Because his brain will fall out. That's right. Snakes. That is true. I mean, and and really, how many times can a man have his brain reinserted? I mean, he, he's, right. many many avoid it even once. Yeah, I, even I, once. It's even once much. is too many. So so I mean, we'll that, see. That's the one high spot that you're you're. GCWs haven't quite done yet, though. A lad's brain <laughs> falls out during a match. Oh, yeah, save, like an ice cream scoop like Mr. Burns, you know. <laughs> save that for WrestleMania. Don't be doing that on a brand page. No, no, absolutely. That should be that should be the, the double or nothing main event. These kids today, the brain falls out, they're no selling it. <laughs> kicking out of two. God damn it. Uh, we got the TBS title match. Chris Statlander defeated Julia Hart. I have to say we're, we're big on the, uh, the Julia Hart 
oh. tra- train on this pod, uh, on this podcast. I thought it was a, it was it was a, a pretty damn good pay per view match as well for someone of her yeah. experience. Yeah, um, and I loved the finish. Oh my god, I thought the finish was so good. Um, uh, yeah, really good stuff, really good stuff. And I think the uh, even in defeat, I'm sure the the Julia train will see will keep going. Um, I think I think it's pretty clear now that that AEW are are, are all in on 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 Julia. So yeah. Mm. I, I did want her to win. I was mm. getting a little bit marked out a little bit, but I think she can come back again. They can do it maybe at full gear, or maybe she does it next year. But she yeah. should. Yeah. She needs. A, she should be capitalized on because I think the crowd really are into her, and I think she's doing really good stuff as well. The whole character, the whole presentation is great. Yeah, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before she gets a call from uh, Paul Levesque saying, yeah. uh, "Please come and work for us." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I mean, we, we need a we, new we, undertaker. <laughs> 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 she goes like she she gets get the streak going at Mania, um, yeah. But it is funny because there has been conversations this week about you know people jumping back and forth is good, but is AEW leaning too old and and things mm. like that? I, I I'm not ready to fly that red flag yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they were to lose someone like Julia, that's a real prospect. I mean, like Julia, mm-hmm. Anna Jay as well. I mean, these are people in their early 20s. If if contract season comes up and those people start jumping, I'm saying, okay, that that's that's a little bit of, we, you need to, I know the grass is always greener, but you need to really make these these projects feel like this can be your home and we are going to, to you know, take you all the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we, we, we won't worry about that just yet. Yeah, it was really good stuff. Um... Up next, we got the four-way tag for a future world title match. I I skipped this one as well, not because it looked bad, but just because I've 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 seen AEW seventeen-man tags before. I've seen them, I've seen, them. and I'm sure it was good, but I I, I passed on it. How it, was it? it? It was a bit forgettable. In yeah. my opinion. It wasn't crazy. I thought hmm. I thought it was very good. Conversely, but okay. I thought the problem with it wasn't necessarily the quality of the match, but the the lack of connection I feel to all the people in it, especially yeah. the the young bucks and lucha bros, who I'm just dying mm. to have do something else. I mean, we're now four years into AEW, and these were two of the teams who were around from the very beginning. I know in wrestling terms, four years is like the blink of an eye, but they're basically the same characters they haven't really done anything different at all the young bucks okay they had their little tassels and that and then they became heels and had this new mm. we wear sneakers and our annoying gimmick that they've just retained when they turn back babyface for some reason but lucha bros aside from the penta oscuro fa- uh, failed experiment are similarly just just doing the same stuff and it's it's kind of uh holding up the division a little bit in terms of lack of new matches and exciting matches. We've seen that with FTR lately, especially. Like, okay, they lost the titles now in Collision, but kind of what was there for them to do who they haven't faced already a ton of times, you know? Match was fine. I I will say, not watching the match, I felt like the results coming out of this pay-per-view in the tag team division really didn't inspire a whole lot of, um, uh, a whole lot of, like, excitement. Like, when when you realize that the, the... uh, the tracks are being laid for another Young Bucks FTR match. I mean, it's just it's just two teams that feel very cold, have wrestled each other already, and the, the last one wasn't even anything that special. To be perfectly honest with you, you know, and they got the biggest stage of all. They were they had that match in Wembley, and and well, 
<laughs> Looks you like know. it won't be happening anyway. So, oh yeah, sorry, actually, but as of this pay per view, it seemed like it was going to happen. Yes, uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, we got Swerve at Strickland defeating oh, Hangman Adam oh, Page. Um, I I thought this could have main evented the show, and obviously, barring the debut of, of Adam the Corner Copeland. I still think it could have gone on last and, and absolutely been a fitting main event. I thought this was a tremendous professional wrestling contest. This is good shit. As this Indeed. is. Very good shit. Very good shit. Very Nana good shit. with the whole, whole dance on the way out, which, which I think is very quickly to revisit one of our old talking points, becoming one of the four corners of AEW. I mean, oh. we don't have Jade anymore to say, Tony, cut the shit. Cut the shit. Cut the shit. She's going to be saying, uh, who's the interviewer cut, over there now? Cut the, uh, Kathy Kelly is back. Kathy so. Kelly, enough of your talk. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> so we, we, enough of your talk. We have to replace that with, and also Taz hasn't been singing many theme songs lately. No, mm. he's getting serious. You know, he's getting serious. Yeah. Serious time. Um, Yamba we got Jones. Nana, you know, we got Nana. Nana dancing, which, which, which I pop for every time it happens. Um, um, yeah, no, but this was, this was the, the match that swerve and also to an extent hangman needed it to be. Um, I thought it was a, a, a very mature top level performance from swerve that maybe we haven't necessarily really seen yet. We all know that he's a top prospect and that he's mm. more than capable of doing it, but, he can really showed it here that he's more than more than able to have that main event style match. And Hangman, we knew he has it in, and we've seen it before. But I like to see him do it a bit more consistently. Even if he was coming out on the losing side here, I felt a lot more confident about his top level prospects, even in defeat. Yeah, I hope they capitalize on it. He is wrestling Danielson um, tomorrow, Tuesday, yeah. and Hangman uh, against Jay White. Ooh. It's pretty. It's looking. It's a tasty looking episode of Dynamite. Absolutely. Mm. But Undertaker's appearing on NXT. So. Well, that's it. You know, it's 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 who can gonna, who can really say what 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 is worth watching? In his fucking Benghazi T-shirt. Oh, I, yeah, he hasn't. I don't think he's done a WWE appearance yet in his in his fucking um, um, worship the troops outfits. But uh, uh, I really wish he he, he would. Is he going to get? Re- is he really going to get fully Undertaker dressed up to go? Well, the last few times we've seen him, he was the badass Undertaker again. Remember? When oh, he was yeah. So he doesn't yeah, need yeah. Yeah. White's ear. Because I, I was going to say, is he really going to wear the full like Trench Undertaker coat. outfit to go to that little room they do NXT in? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's just I feel like it would look ridiculous. Um, they did, they did I, use the bong though on the. Bong. Uh, on, well, on you have to have that. that. You know, you have to have that. You have even if you have a bit of Kid Rock. No, just very, very slightly in the background. Just cowboy, cowboy, cowboy. Um, yeah, so uh, that that ma- it's funny because I I mean, you would imagine Danielson is winning that match with Swerve on on Tuesday, uh, just because I don't think they're going to do Swerve and Christian's a weird well, match. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're really going to do that. And not that they, they not that they can't do a heel versus heel match, but that one in particular doesn't seem like a match you you, you do. Mm. Um, like, I kind of feel like Danielson's winning that and then winning the title really um, it's a weird one yeah because uh, Danielson also has won like 
I kind of I hated to see Ricky Starks lose twice in a row to Danielson. Mm. So I don't think they would do that to then not go. They I think they're really going in on Danielson at the moment, which I think is wise because he's he's talking again about hanging it up soon. So you know, mm. uh, but yeah, Swerve. Uh, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully he stays in that upper mix. Um, and I know yeah. we 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 debated who would win last week, and I, I one of those ones that when it happens in the moment, you go, yeah, that was right. Swerve was was the right call. Um, putting, those, putting those belts on Mox and Danielson would really help get those titles back on track. To be fair, yes, yeah, that would be. Oh, the Mox thing, I yeah, put the rent money on that one. That oh, was course, yeah. obviously just a freak accident. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, and you know the prospect of a Phoenix run, you know, wouldn't have been bad or anything, but they obviously had a plan for for Mox. So mm-hmm. let's get that done. Uh, uh, you know, It'll be anyway. Orange Cassidy again. I would think would be the plan to 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 eventually beat Mox. Well, to face Mox, oh. they're, they're they're leading towards it already. Okay, yeah. And you then yeah. Cla- Claudio and Wheeler win the tag belts, and the BCC have all the gold, and they take over AEW. Oh, no, they got the control. that means they got the power. They got <laughs> they can, the power. They can book matches. They got yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Speaking, I mean, they wouldn't one. have the least important title in AEW, uh, the world title. But they'd yes. have, they yeah, have no. all the good ones, at least. Uh, yeah, the real ones. They'd have all the fun ones. Uh, speaking of young master Richard Starks and also the BCC, we did get Ricky Starks beating Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, yeah it, it was good, but it was it was like a strong TV match. TV yeah. match, and it was it was in a, a, a kind of impossible kind of filler spot between between the two marquee matches. So, you know, it was all right. Give Ricky a win after coming off some high-profile losses, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the other, as I mentioned, marquee match. We got Brian Danielson defeating Zack Saber Jr. And uh, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, as far as quote unquote dream matches go, I, I, I don't know if this would be like this was high on my list because like I like Zack. We've seen I've seen Zack live a couple of times. He's had lots of great matches, but something about the because people have been begging for this match for years. I just kind of like. I'm sure it'll be really good, but I, I I wasn't like you know frothing at the mouth to see this match. But then in execution, it it, it was a, it, tremendous. It, it, it lived up to its billing as as a dream match, um, uh, and it was also a different kind of dream match than what we get a lot of in 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 AEW. It really was all about the selling and the the details of the match and and the nastiness. It was a real nasty joint twisting you know elbow and kicking match um and it was uh it was great and zach was tremendous in it and uh yeah what did you boys make of it did it live up to the hype not quite but it was no. very very good i i just i wanted a bit more world of sport you know what i mean i wanted a bit <laughs> more escapology yeah i wanted a an old bloke with a comb over doing yeah. like twisting you know and they twist the arm and they go round and in and out and then back around a bit more of that it was quite sort of violent um and there were some very good technical bits but yeah it, no it was very good it was very good i think for me it's i just say i watched the first half of the pay-per-view live but then i went to sleep after uh, the women's match because obviously judy hart lost i was so disappointed i thought <laughs> i was going to bed then i watched the second half the next day and it was uh, that's always a bit Watching it live has a, an element that watching it's so it so much more enjoyable that. live. Yeah, yeah. I will say for me, I I'm the opposite. Maybe because I was watching it live, I I thought this delivered f- for me in a way. Okay, admittedly there was different circumstances at play, but like for example, Danielson Okada didn't quite for me. Mm. Um, mm. 
I thought this was this was tremendous off the back of loving the uh, Josh Barnett match earlier. This felt like oh, more of that style, which is I'm really enjoying at the moment. Um, so top top stuff. I love the um, little story beat at the end where Danielson won, but not by technical wrestling. So what's been proven? Nothing. So they have to bloody do it again. That's the type of thing. That is why Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler of all time. That is why, like, because he's just, he's just always operating on that yeah. level. So good. His matches always have that little wrinkle to them. And of course, uh, yeah, like in, in during the match, Zack Saber was the one getting the better of the technical wrestling yeah. as well. So yeah, you know, it's all it's all very smartly laid out. Very very. I did. That's fine. I did love as well this match had like my favorite sell of the year, which was Zach twisting his leg on the dragon screw, which was which was such a gnarly spot and it was great. Yeah. But yeah, between this and the and, and the Baronet match, you know, it's it's we're we're, we're getting into to Tony Khan presents Bloodsport, you know. I mean the, maybe the, they could use the I know it's in Ring of Honor, but the pure title to be more of that kind of style as opposed to the goofy rope breaks and stuff which is what it is currently you know maybe make that kind of more of a catch style division i also wouldn't i wouldn't hate seeing some kind of integration of a a pure title or or an equivalent thereof on AEW tv you know you know in general i'm kind of like i you know I'm I'm a minimalist on titles. I mean, I know I, this is I'm kind of I'm a, in a minority on this. I'm kind of of the opinion that each division should have a belt. I really don't like the idea of there being multiple. But if you're going to have multiples, I like them to have be representative of a certain division or a rule set. So yeah. I, I would I, I would be into AEW doing either just with the existing ROH belt doing a bit more of it on TV. But um, and they've got the they've got the the roster depth to do that. I think as well. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so we will we will almost assuredly be going to uh, Zach and uh, Danielson again. Up next, we got the Callis family defeating uh, Jericho and the Golden Elite. I I did Skippy this one as well. What was the? Uh, no, this one was very good. I will it say, good, though, I just, yeah, you know, I was against the clock. I thought it was very very good. I will say though, we're we're now a few in to the to the Kota Ibushi return. Poor lad with the injuries and all that, but he he is not what Kota Ibushi was pre-injury. Yeah. Simple as. Um, and maybe it's just rustiness because he also hasn't wrestled a lot, you know, since right. the injury. Yeah. But I guess because he's a special attraction who primarily since he's come back has really only wrestled in AEW, apart from obviously there was the, the blood the sport match, and the GCW yeah. and some spots in Japan. I mean, he he doesn't come off like a, a an amazing wrestler that you you can't wait to see again. Oh, I hope to bring him back. He just is like a, a slow, clumsy version of of Kota Ibushi. You know, we all saw yeah. Ibushi in his prime, and he was spectacular. He was a, an amazing uh, top top level wrestler, and I, I don't see it anymore. Which is which is a a crying shame. Yeah. But look, that's the reality of of injury. In in, in yeah. his case. I mean. I don't want to jump ahead to the news, but we obviously heard the news of like uh, Kyle O'Reilly and what's happened to him and where he's been for the last mm. year and a bit. And you got to wonder, like that kind of injury, like okay, you might recover and you might come back, but how could you possibly operate on the same level as before? Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean the 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 way the, the previous AEW matches with, with Obushi have been have been a kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, 
it's yeah, it's it's like obviously he, he had a fairly substantial injury recently, but he's also had he wrestled such a trying style. Do you know what I mean? Like a physically like uh, taxing. The, taxing is probably a better word. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, verbalize there. Uh, it's such a taxing style. It's also probably just a build up of twenty years of doing that. Absolutely, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame because they are in 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 in, in a perfect world where he's healthy. AEW are using him in a very interesting way, which he comes in for these big golden elite attraction matches when they've got three heels and they need an extra person. But it's just it's it's I'm, we're kind of at the point now where if they announce an, uh, another one, I'm just kind of like, well, that's you know that's it's it's not actually as, as much of an I mean, incentive. I think we're there already. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't because I, I didn't watch this one. So yeah, I was like, it di- I didn't, you know, it didn't compel me. Yeah, I don't know if maybe he, you know, he just needs to take more time off. Because obviously, these are very, this is a very limited schedule. But it's if it's too soon, it's too soon. Do you know what I mean? Or 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 maybe maybe it's just it's it's just the culmination maybe, of all the injuries. Maybe it's to, to yeah. wrestle a different style, become a different, different style, a different Ibushi. Because it feels like part of the problem is him trying to replicate what he's done before. And I know it's not as simple as say, just be Tomohiro Ishii now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can, that, yeah. You can't just flip a switch. Yeah. I know you can't just flip a switch, but I mean, surely he has to make some drastic changes to, because yeah, I think he can still be presentable as a, an entertaining wrestler, but I don't think he can do the Kota Ibushi stuff that worked mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. But he has, I mean, he can, he, he can do, um, he can do the kind of uh, blood sports style, the baronet style. Sure. You know, the the he he could have a great Zack Saber Junior match. You know, but I but I wonder then does he? I mean, does AEW expect something? Does maybe he himself think that? Oh well, the AEW fans expect blank, and I have to perform yeah. blank. That's also the the other harsh thing for a guy who's because he's he's been around for so long and his name carries this certain aura and weight. But yeah, it's unfortunate. The other um, thing is that he he still physically looks very young. I mean, you you might forgive yes. you might yeah. forgive Jim Ross for going oh, these these kid uh, Ibushi San, uh, but he's like he's in his forties already. You know, he's not he's exactly- 41, 42, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, he yeah. does look. He does look like someone. Like it's incredible. He looks. He looks half his age, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, oh, so maybe that blood sports style. I mean, of the stuff he does. That's the stuff that has always looked the best since he's come back. He mm. like he, you know, all the faces are down. He he's the last one standing, and he'll come in and drop the drop the heels with like a, a, yeah. a straight right hand. That stuff all, all is cool and looks great. It's just everything else he does. Yeah. So maybe maybe that would be the direction to go. Yeah. So um, so anyway, the the Callis family won. Uh, uh, so there you go. So they're they're naturally getting behind that um, that collection uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, FTR defeated Aussie Open. Um, I mean, wouldn't be wouldn't be in the conversation for the best matches these two have had, and it certainly wouldn't be in the best wouldn't be in the best conversation for the best matches either of these t- teams have had, either together or or apart. Just, no, just felt like a match. Really, it just felt uh, like a it match. was good. But when you go in, it was good. I'm not yeah, it was bad. Expecting uh, 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 FTR Briscoe level or even FTR uh, Aussie Open, which electrified the crowd in London a year ago. This this didn't ever feel like that mm. level of match. No, I wasn't electrified. No. FDR, I don't know. I think they've run out of run out of steam a little bit, so I mean I think I think there's a few elements to that. They've run out of steam a little bit. They've also not had much to work with, to be honest. And that's not to say that Aussie Open aren't mm. uh, a good team, because I think they're excellent. 
But this was like thrown together the week before with no real story behind it and no real. And you can you can argue that was the case for Royal Quest as well. But mm. you know, you want something to dig your teeth into so that when you get the payoff match, you're emotionally connected to it, and so it's it's a little bit amplified, a little bit elevated. Uh, here, I never truly believed that Aussie Open would win, even though, I, as I said last week, I was kind of hoping and leaning towards that they might go in that direction uh, to give Aussie Open a bit of a bump. But uh, no, they just beat him. All right. mm-hmm. So, um, so looks like we're going to get a, a well-deserved break from FTR for a while. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I think they need to to to. I think that'll be good for them and for us. Mm. And it's, it's actually kind of twice they've they've lost the the belt to I would say unexpected people, um, uh, but, but unexpected but like really interesting choices. I mean, the mm. last time they lost the belt was to the guns, guns yeah. which I thought was a you know a shock at the time, but ended up being a, you know, a pretty pretty big success. I would say putting it on them, they they became one of the you know you know it, that that win kind of put them on the map from joke to to you know relatively you know respectable mid card act. Um, we'll talk about uh, collision in a bit. Uh, that brought us to the main event, which was Christian Cage defeating Darby Allen uh, 2-1 in a two out of three falls match for the AEW TNT Championship. The TNT title takes its place at the top of the promotion, uh, as it rightly should. I thought this was an excellent match. Um, uh, they 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 built really well to the mayhem of the final fall. Do you know what I mean? Where Christian's pulling up the, the ring skirt and they're doing... And he's... <laughs> throwing Darby on the steps like an absolutely crazy man. Um, but then they they pace it. Like, it started out as just a really good back-and-forth grappling contest in the first fall and into the second fall, and I thought um, they paced it really well. They paced it really well. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I loved it. I think. Uh, <laughs> you got the, the deep voice for it. Oh, these two. It's tremendous. I do worry. I thought I was kind of liking it at first because Darby wasn't going too crazy. And I was like, oh, hopefully he's going to bring me in a little bit. And then second fall, third fall, he's just fucking getting thrown from the top of the ceiling. Um, you remember when Stone Cold dropped? Was it Triple H? I can't remember who did it, but they were in the limo and they dropped it from the Tri- big The Survivor Series 2000. Yeah. Who was it? Stone Cold Austin, did it. Austin, it wasn't a Austin limo, but H. Got Triple yeah, H in, yeah. in a car. Yeah. Darby would do that for real. He yeah, would take he, that up for real. Yeah, he'd be on the outside of the car. And then he would turn up the, on, on the next Dynamite as well. Yeah. Um, uh, well, to that yeah, point, I, 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 I've seen, you know, uh, horrendous injuries, um, crazy spots, f- you know, fire and skewers and glass and everything. I don't think I've ever seen a spot as crazy as Darby gets slammed onto the steps like that. The pointy end of the steps, I mean, that's just... That's one of the craziest things I've seen. It was, it was wince-inducing. I mean, it was proper, proper look the, through your the fingers. The slow motion they, they, they showed where he was just bounced off. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. No. And, you know, Darby's gonna Darby, but, God, I don't need, I don't need him to see him do something like that again you know i mean there's I mean, a point there's a point how crazy darby can be and what he'll do to to entertain the fans but you know this is this is the fan talking now darby all right we i love all the shit you do i love you do they run a little tope and land in a little ball on the lad's shoulder and all that fucking great 
you don't I don't you don't need to get slammed into the steps for my entertainment. I feel guilty for him having done it to entertain me. It was fucking awful. Ugh. That being said, the match was excellent. <laughs> the match was excellent. I mean, yeah. we're saying all that, yeah. Darby, but it was great. I'm not trying to send you mixed messages. <laughs> it, but, uh, it was very good. Um, we had uh, uh, Mama Wayne slapping Christian in the face, but giving him the, hey, why don't you come here first, which was so funny. <laughs> she was so good. She baits him in, and Christian's like, oh, yeah. Finally, <laughs> things are going Christian Cage's way, and he gets slapped in the face. Oh, it was great. Uh, and then we uh, uh, for the finish, the ref gets bumped. Out comes young young Nick Wayne, oh. grabs the TNT title, and you knew it was coming. It was one of those wrestlers. Yeah, I kind of thought I was like, uh, no I, way. if I would have said said on last week's podcast, oh, I yeah. toot my own horn, but uh, toot toot over there. Uh, but he he lays out Darby in, in front oh, of his, his, his bitch, dear old mom, and just oh god, hearts breaking. <laughs> And Christian retains. I mean, uh, you know, I was about to say you can't stop the Christian train now. It's too hot. But I, I'd imagine Danielson is, is, is stopping it. But um, keep going, Christian. I, I listen. I would. I, I. I would absolutely. I think, though. I mean, as we, we've kind of alluded a couple of times to the uh, not very good ticket sales right now. I. I think it, it, it's probably time they're going to be like we got to make this the Danielson and Moxley show across the board. I would say. Uh, but anyway, that not to digress too far. Um, so we get our, our, our post-match schmoz where um, uh, uh, Sting comes down to make the save and he starts getting beaten up and Christian is going to con- a one-man concerto him. And then this is one of those classic wrestling moments where Christian stops to watch the short film they put up on the on the screen of Edge. Uh, he's intrigued. He's intrigued. Uh, he's, he's like, what, what the heck is this? What is this avant-garde uh, piece of fiction? I mean, presumably uh, Edge was watching the show and got into his car and drove to, your, to the arena is what... He's like, oh, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. <laughs> I, I, I'm in the hotel down the road. I actually wasn't going to sign with them, but uh, <laughs> let, me, let me jump in the, in the car. And um, Edge does come out. He uh, brought his theme with him. You think uh, you know me. And a new person saying, you think you know me, which I guess I guess that actual part is WWE owned, so that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, he did say in the pressure that basically, I didn't even know this was true, but back, back when he originally got that song, it wasn't even a, a WWE pitch. Like, he knows that band. Mm. And he was hanging out in the studio. He heard the song before he came out. He went, can I have that? And he went, yeah, man. Yeah, take it. Which is a great setup if you can get it. Um, and so he called him and he's like, hey, I'm moving. And he's like, absolutely. So he, he basically said in the press, he's like, wherever, wherever I go for the rest of time, I will have that song, which is which is great for, for wherever, whatever companies he ends up with. Um, but yeah, Edge came out, got the big pop, obviously, um, uh, and made the save. And uh, that was your, your cliffhanger oh. there for Dynamite, which we will talk about shortly. I thought it was uh, very good. I, I it was a good my, moment. It was a good moment, wasn't treat, it? You know? Treated myself to a little mark out moment. That's yeah. all right. So that's yeah, fine. Uh, I thought it was very good. I like. I thought Edge. He had a lot of energy. He brought yeah. a lot of kind of energy. Really, the crowd. Crowd went mental. I thought. That I liked the video. Yeah, I liked the whole presentation. It, it felt big. Yeah, I like that. Edge. Edge is another one of those fifty-year-olds who still wears the like chain on the jeans. <laughs> With his wallet on the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was great. Right. Good to hear the theme song as well. I don't know that Edge with a different theme song would have been quite as impactful. I mean. For them to have just let him use that theme, I think has actually turned out to be a great deal for them <laughs> with the amount of awareness that that's brought to that song and that band. Mm. Um, I think they were playing it at halftime at the Arsenal game. I don't know if you heard that yesterday. When no. when, when they came back, 
from uh, to start the second half. You could just about hear a song playing back, and I'm pretty sure it was his theme. <laughs> I, I, don't, I might have to Google this. To I mean, they're very successful in Europe, Alter Bridge. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Like maybe there's a wrestling fan in the Arsenal, you know, yeah. stadium crew. I mean, they, they played Wembley them. Arena and they played the O2. Like they're pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google it now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good moment, very good moment, uh, and that was uh, the conclusion to a very good show. Um, you know, AEW uh, problems notwithstanding, in in various parts of the of the company. I mean, they they their their pay per view record is almost unblemished, not quite, but it is almost. It is almost unblemished, so that they are good value for money, which is especially important as they continue to veer towards all, almost monthly shows. Do you know what I mean? And this was the first pay per view that I saw uh, Fight TV do a. If you if you have AW Plus, you got five dollars off. Oh, really? I've never seen Interesting. that before. Yeah, it cost, right. it cost me cost me fifteen dollars. Oh, I wondered why it was cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'd never seen that before. But yeah, it was AW Plus. You got a discount, which was nice. Nice. So um, that's the pay per view. We will uh, jump into the rest of the wrestling shortly. Any life guff? Uh, oh, one, one last one last thing on the pay per view before we go on. Uh, Inoki's grandchildren in the, in the ring hard cut the Christian Cage. Oh God! Yeah, I mean ha- that is so good. I mean it's very cheeky on an actual tribute show but i mean it was so funny it was so funny okay but uh yeah anyway uh outside of wrestle dream what was going on this week uh boys i didn't really get up to much what have you boys been up to i had some terrible pizza Uh, (laughs) did it make you very sleepy did it oh yeah went out friday had a nice walk friday of afternoon evening and then went for a pizza at a place called Voodoo Rays, where we used to go fairly regularly when we lived nearby a few years ago. It used to be very good. It's kind of New York style, so it's like big, the big slices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you buy buy the slice. Um, yeah, but this time they've mi- changed it up a little bit. They've started doing kind of 12-inch pizzas if you don't want to get big slices. So we got a 12-inch. And, uh, oh, baby, I, it was so greasy in the middle. <laughs> it was like like a wet tissue. It was just sort of falling oh. apart. It, like, <laughs> like, you know, you want a pizza base to be a little bit crispy, a little bit chewy. This was like, it was like drinking a pizza smoothie. It was oh. awful. And I was oh, eat- God, that's vile. I was, eat- you- I was eating it. I was very hungry because I was yeah. walking, but I was, I was eating it. And then I was like, oh, this is bad. And I was like, what do you, what do you think it was? And she was like, yeah, very, very greasy. I was like, yeah, shit, isn't it? Maybe instead of New York style, you had ordered like Florida swamp pizza. Yeah, quite possibly. It was, yeah, we would not be going. It was so bad. We have just written it off completely. We're never going back there. Uh, We're going to find somewhere else to go. But yeah, very disappointed because I was very much looking forward to that pizza. What can you do? What can you do? Just, just stick it in your, in your slurpy, you know, uh, uh, you know, big gulp container and just yeah, suck it away. Knock it back. Makes me glad I took my own bottle of Coke in now. Fuck. <laughs> Take that. Take that. Uh, um, I went to, uh, just to let people know why there wasn't a podcast yesterday. The rare occasion it was because of me. Uh, that's not happen very often. Um, I went out for a birthday dinner, uh, for my birthday, which you might, notice it was a month ago <laughs> but people weren't around and things didn't align so we finally got to go out yesterday had a nice uh nice bit of steak and and what's funny is 
in the year of our Lord, such mm-hmm. as it is, some restaurants still don't have just like their menu available online. Because we're yeah. supposed to be looking to go, and I was like, okay, let me see the menu. As I, I'm known as a little bit of a picky eater, so I wanted to see, you know, at least I can get a steak or a burger or chicken or something. And assuming most places would have one or more of those options, I'm like, let me just have a look anyway. To this one place in in Maynooth, which is a town over, uh, go to the website, which is listed on Google. Website doesn't exist anymore. Look for the menu. All right, <laughs> like, hey, we're not going. We're going to the place I like and I had a nice McDonald's. Uh, no, we went to a gastro pub called Carol's in Lucan. Uh, lovely big old steak. Oh, bib, it was tremendous. And I've also been running again. Back to running this oh, week. Oh, yes. Done a few 5Ks already. Back to it. Uh, slow 5Ks, though. First one was 33 minutes. So I want to get... My goal for the year has been to run a 25-minute 5K. I'm, like, still way off because I've had a lot of surgeries on my mouth this year. Uh Three, three mouths of surgeries in, in one year, which is a lot. Oh, Lord. So um, that put paid to my plans to run a 25-minute 5K. I still got two, mo- two and a half months left in the year, but probably I won't get down to it. But I did run a 31-minute 5K uh, the other day. So hopefully I'll be able to whittle it down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. But I, I like it. Uh, I like going for a run, I must say. Um. I think I'm cycling back and forth, <laughs> cycling, but I'm going to cycle back and forth between swimming for part of the year and then getting a gym membership and running for the other half of the year. Cause I get, I kind of get bored of doing the same thing for too long. So I like but to not cycling. No, I, I, I don't like cycling to be honest. No, cycling is yeah. hard. It hurts. You gotta, be on the ro- you gotta be on the road. People are mean to you. It's just saddle makes your ass hurt. Nah, it's not comfy. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, no, I prefer to go for a run. Go for uh, there's a nice actually the park. What you guys are in, there's a nice area that's just like a big track almost, and I just oh, do yeah. laps of that. It's like it's a one point two kilometer loop, so I do about four loops of that. That's about five k, and then I'll run to it and back as well. <laughs> right, alrighty. Do we have a quiz this week, gentlemen? We do. I was going to say. As I have a bit of popcorn stuck in my mouth. Uh, It's time for our main event. So like... uh, Main event? (laughs) So on SmackDown a few weeks ago, because of the the, uh, Hollywood writer's strike, The Rock returned and and did his his big big old deal. Uh, And so similarly, Dwayne Johnson has returned to our quiz in the form of Dwayne Johnson Busters. Bumper edition. So I was saying to these guys before we started recording, I was just having the best time making these. So I kind of lost track of myself and made 10 of them. So it's a very big Busters uh, edition. Okay. Um, But uh, so it's going to be just whoever gets a first shout it out. And if you, for the, for the uninitiated who don't know what this is, Paul is going to read us a cryptic clue. Okay. And give us some initials, and those initials correspond to a wrestler. And yeah, we well, have what I'll do it. is I'll give the clue first. And yeah. If you can't get it, I'll give the initials as a follow-up clue. The, the classic example is go to that place where they store the packets of ketchup, SB, sachet bank. Banks. Sachet, sachet banks. banks. <laughs> or, or, or watch the footballer Thierry very closely, Mark Henry, Mark Henry. Okay, okay. We, we, we know what we're doing here. Classic Dwayne yeah. Johnson busters. 
so we're going to get to it. As I said, there are 10. Uh, I haven't written down the initials, so if I'm given the initials, I, I need to make right. sure to give the actual initials of the wrestler instead of what I've written down here as the answer, which is quite often the phonetic uh, explanation. Okay, number one. Uh, so again, if you if you know it, just shout it out. There's no uh, going back and forth. Yeah, no turns. Fair enough. No turns. Uh, and if we don't know, I'll give the initial. First one, Mr. Brown goes to battle. That's your clue. Mr. Brown goes to battle. Wardlow. Wardlow is the correct answer, Joe. That's one. I don't know why. I just got it based on why. Why? What's the Delo bit? Oh, Delo Brown. Delo Brown. (laughs) I was thinking Charlie Brown. I don't know why. Wardlow. I was like, Charlie. I was like, what's that? What's Regal's kid? Charlie Dempsey or some shit? I was like, what? War Dilo. War Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. That, that, that's right. one else joke. He gets it. Uh, number two. Uh, that fella who is very pale and who is driving the ship has the runs. <laughs> that fella who that fella who is very pale and who's driving the ship has the runs. What's going on there? <laughs> Captain Captain Sean Dean I was thinking that but <laughs> I, I was like I mean, I for no re- other than just Captain that was the only um, no I don't think we're getting this one no got the initials give us the initials C-L-A the fellow who's very pale and who's driving the ship? We kind of figured that one out. Has the runs? What's going on there? Oh, Captain Lou Albano. Correct, Joe. Two 0 Captain. So Lou, you have the runs. Uh, you go to the Lou. What's Albano? Oh, the pale fella. Okay. Oh, Albano. Captain Lou. Captain. Captain yeah, I mean the words don't really. Like, it doesn't sort of matter. Doesn't yeah. really make doesn't, sense. Captain yeah. Lou Albano. Um, okay, two 0 to Joe. Oh, uh, well number, done, Joe. Th- number three. I'm sitting all the way at the back. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting all the way at the back. Where might I be? What's going on there? Cheap seats. Hit row. It's not hit row. Good guess. Shit row. Because you, your seats are shit. So you're, you're, <laughs> no, you're, it's, you're, not, it's not shit row either. Um, uh, Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, row in! Oh, very good. Yeah, no. I don't know. I'm all the way, all the way at the back. Um, Rosie. Rosie is correct, Joe. Oh, now. that's very good. Oh, that's very good. I have that to be fair. Works. That, that one works. is good. That was good. I mean, if I was to say, I, how are we supposed to know? I, uh, Rosie's of a deep pull. I will say, <laughs> you know, a bit of a deep cut. Two thousand three, four. You know, <laughs> there's going to be some deep cuts, maybe. Um, okay. Three nil to Joe. Number four. So, <laughs> if I'm a snail, right, which I often am, and I so if I'm a snail and I put a tin of frozen water on my back, what's going on there? So I'm a snail, little snail boy, and I take a tin of frozen water. Oh, I put it on, <laughs> on, on, on my little snail back. 
this that? is why we haven't done this feature in a while, listeners, uh, if you're wondering. This is why Place Your Brets became the most popular. They're, they're shouting out of home. They are fucking not. I guarantee you they're not. <laughs> uh, okay. Frozen water. A tin of frozen water. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> this is important. Can I... Uh, it's going on on my my snail back. Give it its initial. C M. No, Candice Michelle. Candice Michelle is correct. And ice, ice my shell. I mean, fucking hell! How are you getting these, Joe? <laughs> How are you getting these? See, I'm good at this one. Bring this good. Okay, number five. Come on, Barry, get one here. Uh, Al Hitler, remember him, and his team of Nazis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you forgot what side he was on. Uh, they were too cowardly. They went where no one could see them. What was that? Uh, they were... Uh, Ha, um. Oh, what was that? Um. Hitler and his uh, regime, you might say. Uh, Heidenreich. 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 Very gets it. Very good. That Heiden- was not Heidenreich. That's is, not the worst one. Heidenreich. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I wrote Heiden with an apostrophe, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Okay, number six. Uh, what the fella doing the grouting might feel on his arse crack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, Tyler Breeze. Very good. Uh, I was thinking Tyler Bate. And I was like, what's Bate be? Tyler Breeze. Weirdly enough, I got Breeze first. I was like, well, okay, Breeze on the arse crack, obviously. (laughs) What would he feel on his arse crack? Because it's always out. That's the joke, isn't it? Got it, it, got it, yeah. Barry knows. Uh, Number seven. Uh, That bit of DNA you get off your mom and your dad is massive. Big Bill? It's not Big Bill. That bit of of DNA, that that bit of DNA you get off your parents, specifically, is, uh, is massive. It's really big. Um, I feel like I kind of know one of the words, but um, ah, uh, I'll give the initial if you want it. Go on, do uh-huh. initial is E. Edge. It's not edge. It's not edge. I know, I know it's not. Eugene. Eugene is oh, correct. Eugene. Eugene. Huge. I got Gene. Eugene. I got Gene and I couldn't figure out. I was like, yeah. is Eugene. there a rest called? I was thinking John Cena. I was like, <laughs> Gene. Eugene. Okay, that one kind of doesn't work, but whatever. Uh, number eight. Uh, 4-3. Barry's on, on, on three in a row here. Really pull it back. Uh, number eight. How I might identify someone in America who's wearing a red baseball cap. Umaga. Umaga is correct. Oh, that's, a, that's not a bad one. That's not a that's bad right. one. Umaga. Right. 
All right, Joe just needs one more for the win here. So, All right. so Barry, you need these two to, to tie it up. Number nine, the fellow with the speech impediment. Remember him from the Can, Can We West uh, clue. He's back. He's returned. He's Terry Funked it down with his eye taped up. <laughs> the fellow with the speech impediment uh, wants to steal that giant bit of building equipment. He wants to steal that. You know, when you see a building being built, what's oh, building? Nick Wayne. Nick Quayne. Nick Quayne is what is is white. So six to three. Final one. Huh. Final one. This chap. This is a bit of Car- Carl's mam rock was here. Uh, this chap once teamed with Triple H in Saudi Arabia. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> it's not Shawn Michaels. It's cricket. <laughs> <laughs> um. This chap once teamed with Triple H in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Jesus. Um. Riyadh game. Do you not know Riyadh game? The rest of No, no, the legendary wrestler. Oh, yeah. Well done, Joe. You please swap me sweet to me there. Initials are SO. Um. Oh. No idea. This is a. I'll give you a clue, right? This is an invasion era wrestler. Sean O'Hare? Correct, Barry. Sean and O'Hare. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, I never would have got. If not for the clue, I wouldn't have fucking gotten that. That's oh, really obtuse. That's really that obtuse. Was, that was awful. That was all right. That was that was the uh, once in a lifetime oh, comeback of Dwayne Johnson. Busters. Oh, the writer strike is over. He's gone. He's gone. Back. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> yeah, God. never, never to come back. That's why. Uh, yeah. Listen, once every seven hundred episodes, we do that. Yeah. Anyway, so Joe, today's winner, score Joe, six to four. Very close. In the well end. done, Joe. I, it's an honor to lose no, to you. Well, no in honor. most quizzes, it would be, but you know. No um, uh, on that note, we'll segue into dynamite which I didn't see, so I'm going to need the lads to, to take me through it here. Uh, we kicked off with Rene and Jericho and Omega. I assume there was no... Uh, Copeland came along and shook hands and, and you know, did all that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, good. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that's what got, happened. I think that is what happened. Uh, Ray Phoenix retained the international title over Nick Jackson. How is this? Uh, I mean, is it, this was kind of similar to the the eight man tag at uh, the pay per view in that objectively it was very good, but I've seen it like a hundred times already, and so I felt kind of numb to it. Mm, mm. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, Phoenix and, and and Nick Jackson are both are both great, but again, I felt very disconnected from it. From a fan perspective, from a narrative perspective, yeah, it's, it's it's all well and good to do fancy, fancy jumps and and flips and that. God, I'm going to sound like Jim Cornette now. You I really do, are. You really are fancy jumps. But it's like if I don't if I don't care, I mean, what's the point of any of it? All right, fine. Jim. All right, Jim. Uh, we got 
Cole and Adam Cole at Roderick Strong's house was it was it hilarious? Uh, no. Okay, good. It kind of there it was, was moments. There was moments, such as it had. Well, it had moments, but again, moments where they they come up with a funny idea and they have to just really ram it into the ground. The, well, I like the idea that you know the emergency from last week that Roderick Strong needed Adam Cole to come ASAP was that he needed them to he had a gift for him and he needed them to move some furniture for him. And of course, like that's funny, but then the idea is they have to show Adam Cole gurning in close up as he's lifting a, a, a couch or whatever, and they have to show it five times and in different angles. And again, ugh. okay, you know, I mean, why is it for years? For years, we categorize this as a WWE thing. Maybe it's just a wrestling thing. Why is there never any subtlety with comedy? It's like it has to be. It has to be gurning into the camera for like every scene has to go like two minutes longer than it actually needed to go. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, sure. we won't, we won't belabor this this angle. Uh, there was the return of the Wardlow uh, uh, on this show, and the return of Griff Garrison, I guess. But he was, but he was uh, Mr. Garrison was 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 uh, obviously not that. It wasn't much of a grand comeback for him. I'll say that. They said uh, he's been wrestling in Ring of Honor, apparently. I, yes, yeah, I, I was aware wow. of that. Who's, who's how, counting that? How could anyone know? On a, on, a pay, ever... on a paywall show that nobody's watching. You know? We have no proof of that. We have no proof of that. So um, did Wardlow say anything after the thing, or did he just... He know? just fucked off. No, he just fucked off. Okay. I mean, uh, what is the point of Wardlow anymore? I don't know. I mean, like... like I was watching uh, the, uh, the segment where MJF was whipping him with the belt last night. Great oh, it's, like a, it's like a different world. They're, I love Wardlow, and he's so great. And now he's just a man who comes out and has match. He's like he's like Lance Archer. He's in the Lance Archer spot of a guy who's you know, mm. good, but they don't know what to do with him. Is he good? I, I thought he was great in that segment. In that segment. I don't he, know. Had, he had his moments and know. he has his his uses. I don't know if bringing him back to just start the cycle again of squashing jabrones is. No, this is pointless. Um, there's enough. There's enough projects in the works that I don't think you because you're going to run into the same problems you had to get. It, the wheels really started to come off when they started beating the guy, and they they had that problem where well, we're not pushing him as a world champion, so he has to lose at a certain point. And I felt like the aura dissipated. I think that kind of highlights a shortcoming with the guy. He's not untalented, but when the mystique starts to go immediately, when the booking stops presenting you as unstoppable, then I think that represents. Um, so yeah, like that's why I'm asking, like, what are we going to do? Just he 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 beats people endlessly, and then he's the guy who unseats Mox in six months or something. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. But we'll see. Week one, he's just back. Let's 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 see what let's see what next week brings. Um, I hope for his sake he's not like facing and losing to MJF in in like a month's time. Because I mean, it, it, if they're bringing him back just to lose on the next pay per view, I'd be hitting the road if I was him. Because it, it that's not that's not much of anything, really, is it? No, but it's, it, as you say, it's a tricky one where it's, there's a lot of these guys. Where what what do you do with them? Because if you're going to have Danielson and Mox as the champions, the mid card champions, then there's no there's no chance of someone like Wardlow getting to that level. If they're mm. going to be, if if the champions are like the main event level guys, then what do you do with a Wardlow or a lot of other people? To be honest, uh, we got uh, Callis interview segment. We got the acclaimed retaining 
Well, the Callis interview segment was. Is this the in ring one or is that later? This was. I, I don't know. Is Renee interviewing Callis and Takeshita, oh, okay. and, no, and no. Um, um, Kyle Fletcher will be. Yeah, they had an in ring segment later on. That's what I'm okay. referencing. Uh, the acclaimed beat Butcher and the Blade and Kip uh, uh, for the trios title. Um, Every week that goes by, the acclaimed feel more. God, they're going to be Wardlows in a few weeks' time. I mean, that I, I I thought them winning the title and ending that story, where it's like showing, you know, Daddy Ass that he still has it. Fine, I feel like they probably should have just beaten them back for the titles straight away. You know, they being House of Black. Um, uh, the acclaimed are great, but they don't need titles. They don't need. Um, you know, I I think they they can. Um, I I this this feels like a weird fit. Um, I know they're selling their four thousand dollar fucking replica belts, but uh, they're scissoring belts. But you know, I don't know. I I don't know if this is if, what the show needs currently. Um, had a uh, uh, bullet club gold segment. Love MJF bullet club interrupted. gold. Yeah. Uh, how how was this? Um, no, this was this this was the promo that MJF on Twitter admitted that he had dropped the ball with. I didn't see this. Okay, what did, yeah. what, what was what was wrong with it? Uh it was it was your your MJF uh comedy duds promo where he did the tofu. Oh yeah. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah, people did not enjoy this. I remember no. I heard a lot of people figure saying. He, he took, you know, the criticism. I don't say on board or what because we haven't seen seen the output yet of that, but he seemed to be taking of the criticism he wasn't he didn't reply with a you know you marks don't know what you're talking about you never worked a day in the business he kind of admitted yeah look i didn't this wasn't good and and i'll do better next time fair enough fair enough yeah i i mean because but even like the funny thing is it mostly gets over that stuff he does but i still think it's like yeah. It's, it's just crap, isn't it? It's just like when you think about how great a promo MJF is, and that's the thing. It's not that he's shit. It's it's actually the opposite of that. It's that he's great, and it's 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 it. I'm you know you're tofu, and and it's just such. It's crap. The material is just crap. Do you know what I mean? It's just so. Mm. It's it's. I, I I heard someone compare it to to like like comeback era rock stuff do you know what i mean like 2011 era rock stuff it's just mm. bleh, you know um and it's kind of more annoying when it's from a guy you know can do really good like real reality based kind of character driven stuff and this is not it but um anyway so yeah that back and forth uh jay white left with uh zaew world championship so um uh so that's the full gear title match for november so there you go. Uh, we got a hook and orange Cassidy segment. You know, I, I assume there wasn't much of that. The Golden Jets. Why are they the Golden Jets? Jericho and Omega. Did they say both from Winnipeg? Obviously. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I, that's more of a reason than I was expecting. Uh, faced uh, Takeshita and Fletcher. And uh, what was the uh, uh, Kenny pinned Fletcher? How was the match? I mean, the match was good, but it was the the post match was the real focus. Yes. So, powerhouse Hobbs ambushed Jericho and Omega, uh, mm. uh, knocked him down. Don Callis laughed and smiled and clapped his hands together like he loves it when a plan comes together. And uh, we got uh, yeah, uh, Hobbs now in the the Callis family. Uh, and what did you make of this segment? 
It's growing at, at an exponential rate. The Callas family. Mm. It's for, we had one person in it for like six months, and now we've got four, five, if you include Osprey. Yeah, and it's quite a weird collection, even though individually <laughs> I like all of them. I'm not sure how quite they fit together. And I'm also, like, I feel the consensus I've kind of seen people say is, like, are we just going to move Hobbs from stable to stable to stable mm. for the rest of time? Like, can we do something with him? Do you well, know so what I mean? He's better as a loner, anyway. I, like, I totally agree. Totally he is agree. that loner. He, yeah, that loner character. Just doesn't need friends. You know, he always have allies, not friends kind of thing. Like, he should just... Yeah. Um, his own, beat people up. I liked <clears throat> before the QTV stuff. I liked the um, the book of Hobbes vignettes, and as mm-hmm. I believe I said on this show, I liked it when they say metaphorical book. I got so annoyed when they gave him an actual physical book to carry around. <laughs> um, but I I was into that. Team Taz, that's that's what Team Taz like. was great, and like that that that's and it, it also all these other stable. It just dilutes that original stable he's in that was really cool. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I just. Because in a weird way, it's like them putting him in this stable. This is a this is a big stable. They're putting a lot of eggs in the, in in the callus basket, obviously. Which is like so. It's a sign of hey, we like this guy. We want to use him. But man, like, and he's going to be what the third most important guy in the. This is like the problem people talked about when when there was a debate about oh, should they put Daniel Garcia in in BCC? And it ended up being a good decision that they didn't because again, he would have been like the fourth rung person in that group whereas i think he was able to kind of make himself more of a star in in the jericho group kind of feel that way about hobbs now i mean that being said about garcia now well that's i I think garcia would yeah would be would have been better off in the position yuta is now Mm. they had they had garcia eating the pin in an eight-man tag on rampage yeah the hardys and fucking two other jabrones uh so But I mean, yeah, if you want to be glass half full, at least they're keeping one foot on the pedal with Hobbs. Do you know what I mean? He's not disappearing mm. into the rampage ether, you know, which is which is where you don't want him to be. But another stable, you're like, okay. Um, I suppose anyway. back to the problem that we've had with AEW, there's too many, the roster's too big and you can't push everyone at once. You can only push a dozen guys, like really. Mm. Well, it's, and it's compounded by, by the issue that they have these two extra hours now. And they just use the same people on it as like the Bullet Club Gold were on it, both shows this week. Don't have them on both shows. Have them on one show and have the other segments filled by someone who needs it, who's not mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Garcia, for example. Yeah. Very annoying. Uh, so, yeah. Ha- uh, uh, they did a beat down. Kenny took a chair to the head. Um, You know, there you go. Um, the, ch- the chair shot to the head, little. Little dink on the head. It, it was funny because it was like it was it was harder than this, but it did remind me of the Hogan Conan uh, infamous chair shot from like WC the late late era WCW where Hogan's on the outside and Conan's hanging over the ropes and Hogan just uh, just like places the chair against him. <laughs> uh, yeah, people were freaking out about it. I was like, it's Don Callis. I don't think he killed him with that. It, it didn't even look like it, it, it killed him especially hard. Anyway, I mean, even whatever. to play total devil's advocate, like let's say that it was Hobbs had blasted him with a chair shot. Mm. I mean, we're talking about, you know, back in the day, people were being blasted with, with a chair 
every week, if not multiple times a week. Oh yes, yeah, like and you know, now fucking... we get one chair shot in in three years. Yeah, back in the day, it was like uh, Kane absolutely like knocking headbanger Mosh's head out of his arsehole with a chair at the conclusion of a 90 second match on Raw. And then <laughs> Val Venus and the Godfather doing the exact same thing one segment later. Everyone just getting their fucking brains absolutely pounded into a, a 2D pancake like Super Mario when he gets crushed by an enemy in a fucking, you know, a it, yeah, things are not quite at that level. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that led us to um, uh, more comedy where Caster came up behind MJF in the in the trainer's room. <sighs> there we go. Uh, Tony Storm beat Sky Blue. Yeah. Was this timeless Tony Storm? Or this is timeless Tony Storm. This is timeless. The debut of timeless Tony Storm. I do like timeless Tony Storm. I like, I like the gimmick as well. Um, I kind of wish there was less comedy on the show right now, less which in turn would allow this to be more. Th- oh, this is the this is the funny bit. This is like this is like right. the, this is the comedic character that AEW has at the moment. Mm. Everything else is so kind of wacky at the moment, but Tony is very good at it. The, this her her, her her stuff is very good. Um, let me see here, and then we got the rated R superstar Adam Copeland, which it seems like he's just going to be Adam Copeland, which I think makes sense. I mean, yeah. you don't want to do the TNA thing and come off with some quasi-edge-related name. Like, you know, it's fine. Everyone knows who the fuck he is. Uh, how was this segment? This was the... Um, um, uh, this was the old... This is the classic AEW, I'm happy to be here, waving, you know, and saying hello to the people at first. And then mm-hmm. he got on to Christian. Uh, uh, he, he listed all the all the people he'd like to face and stuff like that, which again, in classic AEW, happy to be here stuff. I uh, called out Christian, uh, 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 Uncle Jay, as his kids call him, you know, um, uh, and he uh, talked about how they've been friends for forty years and bloody bloody blah, and uh, talked about how even though after everything he did at the pay per view, he still loves him and so on and so forth, uh, um, uh, and, and, and all that. So basically went to this um, uh, 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 conclusion where <laughs> uh, Edge extended his, his arms for a hug from Christian Cade. said, come on now, come on, we're all pals. It's we've all, we've, it's we've it's all had a laugh. We've all had a laugh. Let's calm down now and let's have an old, let's have an old huggy. And um, uh, Christian Cage, he went in and he, he grabbed that <laughs> hug and everyone cheered. And then he, with the mic still in his hand, he brought it back up to his mouth and he said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> In perhaps the line of the year in in pro wrestling, in a in a little mini me moment that they've had their little viral moment this week, uh, the AEW recap on the website here says Christian Cage hugged Adam Copeland. Christian Cage quote go to hell. That is not what he said, sir. That is, <laughs> yeah, not say that. Well, guess, that was the uh, that was the TV edit. That was you, you know when you, like you know when you watch Die Hard on a plane and he says yeah. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's Frank, what frankly, my dear, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't just put fuck with the asterisks. Oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, so you walked out, leaving Adam Copeland looking quite sad behind. I did watch this segment. I, I watched it on online. Oh, I thought, mama. you know, I, I mean, we, I think we were all fairly tepid on Edge coming in because I, 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 you know, his promo style isn't really my kind of thing, and 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 specifically current Edge. But I, I thought this was good. You know, I, I, I thought this was. Uh, interesting, and he came off sincere, and it was nice to see him 
do pretty well in the non WWE environment because it's just because he is you know he's a twenty plus year WWE guy. He he had you know his he had his cup of coffee in WCW as a, as a jabron, but pretty much the entirety of his actual career was in WWE. And I thought he did well here in his first endeavor outside of pun not intended of that company. Uh, what did you boys make of, of, of the two boyos here? I liked it. I thought it was very sincere, and um, he's very likable. So I thought it was very good. Um, I don't know if it would be as good without Christian being such a great heel. Mm. It might be a bit bland without that, but luckily he is. So the segment really worked for me. And, um, and yeah, he is. I, I was thinking he's probably the only kind of – trying to think of another WWE lifer that's jumped AEW. He is really the first of that level. I mean, there's like Jake Hager, but I'm not sure I really count that. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see him in that environment. But he's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that Edge was a little bit overrated. Overrated our superstar. <laughs> um, you know, I just never really got Edge uh, on, on on the level of a Cena, or I'm not saying he was ever on the level of a Cena or was promoted such, but like as, as a top main event guy, I always thought that Edge was kind of all right, but more kind of. I'd be I'd be less excited to see Edge in the main event than most other people. Even the I know the WrestleMania 24 main event, everyone raves about Edge Undertaker. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Not no more than that. Um, so I've always had a little, a little uh, not vendetta against Edge. I mean, Edge in 2005 when he won the title, 2006 when he won the title briefly. Uh, that was like the best Edge was. You know, he was he was a heel. He was very over, very hot, and I just felt he never really recaptured that. That being said, this old, uh, as you said, sincere Edge, and and the story of him coming back to this new company so that he can have one last run with his best friend of forty years. Let's do it. Let's let's just. Everybody wants to see it. Let's let's team again. You and me. Let's go for the tag titles. Give me a hooky. And then Chris and uh, go fuck yourself. Ah, tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. But I mean, I, I I think it was a it was a perfect combination. Christian Cage character and this totally sincere Edge who just wants his friend back was the yeah. the perfect marriage of of characters. And uh, yeah, it might be my favorite line of the year for sure. Yeah, overly sincere BF. Uh, overly committed to a bit, also BF. Um, you know, <laughs> just just two two lads, just not on the same page. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, Christian. I mean, who who who's doing it like Christian right now? He's delivering on those. He's delivering in his big matches. His character work is out of this world. And I imagine I that him and Edge are, are going to have some great stuff together. I do have a nitpick. Go on. I have a nitpick for this fantastic, amazing segment. Uh, what I didn't need the segment to end on was Christian again on the mic going, oh, by the way, here's Luchasaurus. And then Luchasaurus comes out and looks at Edge and then they go off the air. I would not I would have just had go off the air with the silence mm. of the aftermath of Christian's yes. three words. We didn't need, yeah. oh, by the way, here's, my, here's, here's Luchasaurus, who you are facing next week, by the way. And it's pointless. Like and the show was already had already overrun by five minutes at that stage, so we didn't need. We could have gone off the air sooner. Mm. Yeah, so we are getting Edge and Luchasaurus uh, on Tuesday. I mean, yeah, that 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 is another show 
that once again people are looking at them ticket sales and you know how long um, how long do we think it's going to be i know we're, we're uh two two shows in post wrestle dream until a commentator calls him Edge by mistake. I mean, when when's JR calling his next match? I mean, that is the that is the, the, the that is genuinely the question. If he's going to be, if there, if if I imagine they're probably going to have Copeland on every show, possible collision, everything going for. He's, mm. I mean, he's advertised for basically everything going forward. So if he's in a main event and collision and JR is there, that one. So less than a week. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So so he yeah. seems like someone that's particularly difficult to remember. That he's not called Brian Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Someone, someone called Danielson Daniel Bryan in the week. Whoever that was, that was oh, that was that someone on the presser. Did Bobby Did Allen? Did someone, someone, so, someone, someone called him Daniel Bryan yeah. by mistake. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll give a little bit of cre- I'll give a little bit of wiggle room for Edge because it has been twenty years and he's now going under his real name. It's not even a different character. It's just that yeah. it's the same guy. So I'll give it. I'll give Jr. one. I'll give him one. But he. I mean, he'll probably fucking call him Christian. You know. So I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not already. Um, yeah, I will say for. I mean, it, it makes logical sense given the few. But I don't know if Luchasaurus is the first guy I'd be putting Edge in there with. But but whatever. We'll see. Uh, no, it's it's not exactly CM Punk Darby Allen, is it? No, no, no. But uh, oh, anyway, so, so, Punk. Oh. Uh, so um, uh, Collision on mm. Saturday uh, opened up with uh, Absolute Ricky Sarks and Big Bill upsetting uh, Harwood and Wheeler. I mean, we're kind of long past this stage uh, again, uh, but again, you know, I wish we had rankings and I wish they paid a bit more attention to this stuff. Um, the Young Bucks winning a title shot, and then Starks and Bill. Well, just Young win Bucks the title. specifically, just to, to clarify that point, Young Bucks specifically won a you can claim a title shot at any time deal. So it wasn't really? just yeah, it wasn't just a standard number one contenders. Fair enough. They didn't get uh, like a fancy briefcase or anything for it, but that yeah, was. I, I don't think they'll do the Money in the Bank thing. No, I, I, I think AEW's company will do it. Uh, how was this match? Yeah, it wasn't a bunch of matches. It was just an angle. Oh, really? Yeah, they they immediately choke slammed Wheeler through the announce table. Oh, okay, okay. And then oh, well, that's, fair, that's fair enough. And gave gave Howard like four choke slams and a spear. It, it was very match. minimal. Very minimal. okay. I I thought it was more of a match. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, fair play to 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 Big Bill. We've been we've been bigging him up uh, since he showed up. You know, he's he's in tremendous condition. He's gotten so good. He's gotten a lot better in the ring and. <laughs> Uh, he's a fellow who a couple of years ago was, was you know pretty frank and talking about how his life sort of fell apart shortly before he left WWE and then he left WWE, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he big turnaround. So fair play to him. And obviously, I think this is a, I think this is well timed for Starks as we were talking about during the pay per view. Like you know, Danielson feud was fucking great, but he came out of it without a win. But I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been kind of thinking I was like. Couldn't he have? Couldn't he have won the first match and had Danielson do the not tapping out, pass out thing? If Danielson was then going to win the second one, couldn't he have done yeah. that rather than mm. having the guy lose twice? But anyway, um, uh, anyway, speaking of said American Dragon Brian Danielson, he did face Aussie Open's Kyle Fletcher in what I heard was a very good match. What you make, boys? Yeah, really Kyle good. Fletcher, super yeah. talented, super young. Uh, uh, Aussie Open, great pickups for AEW as a team, but also as t- as two individuals, big uh, uh, big potential there uh, for them. So yeah, yeah. Although if um, Malibu Stacy creator Stacy Lavelle uh, 
was in a room with Ozzy Open, she'd say, you all have hideous hair. <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't seen two men with worse hairstyles than Ozzy Open. Well, Australian. So. Yeah. Oh my God, hideous. Hideous stuff. Part of the gimmick. Yeah, must be. Uh, so we got uh, Danielson um, uh, pinning in with like a, a fancy roll-up majiggy. Uh, Gates of Agony uh, ran in and did a beatdown on uh, Danielson because he's, of course, facing Swerve on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, we got Juice and the Guns versus Metalik, Gravity, and, and Helico. Uh, uh, how is this? I mean, this I imagine this was fairly to the point. Yeah, I mean, I don't like gravity at all. No, I've I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, what are uh, you doing? It's like, yeah, and it's like, first of all, I, I just don't think he's that good in general. But yeah, the gimmick is so lame. The 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 moonwalking. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, and, thank you. And Metalik, I feel like they could do more with. And Helico, God love him, he was so good in Lucha Underground. But he's he's a guy who's just. A stinky old jobber. And uh, do you know who accompanied them to the ring just to really make you believe that they were going to beat Bullet Club Gold? Serpentico. Yeah, I saw that listing here. I was like, <laughs> so someone is like, so whoever's aging this segment should have said, lads, no, he can't. He, let's let people think for a second you might win. Like, do you know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's give the audience a bit of a suspension of disbelief. Uh, yeah. Um, we got another acclaimed trios title defense. They beat the Iron Savages and okay. uh, oh no, sorry, there's three in the Iron, Iron Savages, yeah. so it's just the Iron Savages. Iron Savages. I don't need to see on TV ever again. No, no. Fire them. Fire the three of them. So they do. I mean, talk, talk, <laughs> yes. Talk talk about you know the long-standing talking point of. You're watching TV and someone comes into the room, right? And oh, you don't yeah. want to be embarrassed to be arrested. So you have these three lads whose gimmick, right, is that they work out and they eat ass. Yeah. Right? But it's no, funny that like this sauce? is a... drinking savage sauce, is it? But the, I like how this is a bridge too far, but the scissoring guys are 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 you know But the scissoring that's a pun. That's the, at least a... I know, I know, but it's just funny that the, the line wrestling always walks, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The like... problem is that this is a less funny, less subtle, and less marketable version of the scissoring. Yeah, it is a bit it is a bit derivative, isn't it? It is a little bit uh and, um... and also that they are shit. <laughs> Okay, which I, is, I I liked their in ring stuff. I haven't seen them in a while, but I yeah the 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 eat your ass uh, la, 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 I'm doing a face right now. Yeah, it's a bit especially you're in a match with the acclaimed. Like you're just going to look like you're doing a knockoff of their thing. But anyway, yeah. No, I uh, I think um, you know when we've so too many people on the roster. I mean, these are three guys. Just fucking get rid of them. Gone. Uh, Timeless Tony defeated Kira Hogan. Um, this is good. Yeah, I, mean, I like Kira I, Hogan. I, well, I like Timeless Tony Storm when she does the. Uh, it's time for my close up before she does the running ass bomb or whatever it's called. Whatever you call it. Yeah, the hip attack. But she does like uh, a, a wacky face now. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Um. So yeah, and then the main event was Eddie Kingston versus Commander. That's a funny main event. Uh, how was that? Yeah, it was all right. Was not right. much. Uh, this was not a real main event. This no. was. This it's was just. 
This is a rampage. We have to have a match. This is oh, yeah, we, the, we have to have a match before Edge comes out. That was oh yeah, because the the, the, the AEW website listed this is the main event, but the main event was actually Edge coming out. Yeah. Um. So uh, then we got yeah we got Edge uh, uh, responding to um, uh, Christian. Um. What was the what you make of this one? Uh, this was just a placeholder segment because Christian wasn't there. He only appeared yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much to it. So basically, just like get Edge out there in front of the crowd for collision, but not yeah, really. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound like a must see collision this week. Um, <laughs> Edge gave a shout. Out. <laughs> Excuse me, a shout out to Jim Ross for signing him all those years years ago. Yeah. And Jim Ross went, oh, thank you, Edge. No, he didn't really. Jim Ross Ross barely moved in response. (laughs) Jim Ross just went, no problem, Jeff. (laughs) Jim Ross gave him the Orange Cassidy thumbs up, and that was the extent to which Jim Ross moved. Oh, yeah. Jim Ross was like, yeah, all right, pal. That was stuff going on about it. That was years ago at this stage. Uh, Jim Ross doesn't even remember, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so that was the wrestling this week. Why don't we segue into the films? Who's watched a film this week? Oh, films. We all have, I think. I go on, who films. wants to kick us off then? Mm, I'll, go, I'll go then. I uh, watched two films, one recommended by Paul and one recommended by Barry. Mm. Oh, so uh, let's, let's see who wins. The loser will be killed. Oh, no. Uh, so in the uh, movie theatre on Tuesday, I saw a little film called Blackberry, mm. um, which, as Paul has already reviewed this, but it's the story of Blackberry, the phones, what people used to have before there was iPhones back in the 2000s. Remember the noughties? It was yeah. all mad. Russell Brand, uh, Pete Doherty, George Osborne, austerity. It was, it was a crazy time. Anyway... Um, yeah, so they tell the story of these phones, but no, it's not your typical. It's not your typical biopic. It's not your typical kind of tech industry biopic, which uh, I I hate to be honest because yeah, I feel like they can't, they're boring and they kind of sort of lionize, kind of glorify these found oh these tortured geniuses changing the world. It's like no, they're just boobs who are like got lucky with some technology and it just needs to be put in their place. And that's exactly what I think this film does. It treats them like slightly goofy bunch of characters. It's very much a comedy f- telling. It's not a serious drama kind of biopic. As Paul mentioned, it's one of his, your pals from, uh, what's that show called? Is it no, 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 band no, band the show? The show. Um, so it's very, very funny. I would, first thing to say, very funny. So we saw it in quite a busy screening because it was a free, free screening for members of the yeah. cinema, oh, yeah. Yeah. which are always busy because everyone wants to, no one wants to pay. So everyone turns up to the free ones. So it was quite busy and there was a lot of laughing. And I, I think maybe because there just aren't that many comedy films out at the cinema anymore. I re- we rarely see a comedy yeah. in the cinema, you know and what I mean? a good it's, comedy. And especially a good one. And this got a lot of laughs from everyone and I was laughing throughout. So it was very successful on that front. Um, but I also thought it was just an interesting way to tell that story without it being boring. You know, it's like, let's tell this in quite an interesting story of this company in Canada, very unlikely company to sort of take over the world of, of technology. Um, but it told it very, very, very well. The film, it really reminded me of, and I was thinking about this a lot the next day, reminded me of Ghostbusters, which is a bit of a strange one because there are no ghosts in this film. I'll tell you now, spoilers, <laughs> no ghosts. Oh. But it's about this bunch of kind of slightly bumbling, 
sort of sciencey geniuses nerds right. who come across this kind of world changing technology and it sort of blows up and they become this huge thing and then it all goes kind of tits up that's very much the story of this film and it that's the thing it kind of reminded me of because it's a comedy as well so if basically if you like ghostbusters you'll like blackberry <laughs> yeah. is what i'm saying cool you've I seen actually, it again or have you i seen went to the cinema again and saw nice. i saw blackberry in the, in the cinema for the second time this week because i saw it at dublin international film festival pre-release mm. I uh, went to see it again. Loved it again. Uh, I do, one thing I particularly like about it is how funny the first half is. And then the second half, it kind of drops a lot of the comedy and becomes yeah. almost almost a thriller um, uh, as, as kind of the, the pieces start to fall apart. Uh, Glenn Howerton, who I have zero experience. I've never seen an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, but I think he's absolutely the star of the show as Jim Balsley, not Balsilly, as he gets called. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to Christians, go fuck yourself. I mean, from a movie point of view, my favorite line, I think, is still going to be, I'm from Waterloo, where the vampires hang out. Yeah. Which is just... And actually, Waterloo, the, the city in, in uh, Canada, known for its its urban legend of Vampires. vampirism. Yeah, so that line has an extra little to it. Um but yeah, I loved it again. I think it's I think it's just the most fun. And obviously I'm biased, but I think it's great. Mm. No, I loved it as well, I have to say. Yeah. I liked I the only thing that distracted me was the hair. The wigs. Yeah. So Glenn Howardson, he has the he has a this never works in movies or any 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 film or TV show where someone's bald, but they still have the hair around the back and the sides. Correct. And it's yeah. shaved. It, it never looks real. It You look at no. the actual guy it's based on and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Because it's kind of tufty, sort of uneven hair around the yeah. side and backs. His is like perfectly kind of straight. I just, it's like a bald I wish, I wish he had just been completely bald. Like I think that would have been okay. You wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. And so, Jay, yeah. Bar- Jay Barishel's wigs are, are not good either. But. They were sort of like, yeah, is it supposed to be a comedy wig? Because then that's quite funny. I mean, towards, it towards, the end, you know. towards the end, it kind of works where Barishel almost looks like a Bond villain. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so wacky looking. But uh, yeah, I, I, would agree. I would agree at that point. Mm. It was uh, very, very good though. And the other film I saw, actually you saw this, we've seen... Yeah. All three of us have seen all three of these films, both of these films. Oh, excellent. Um, no One Will Save You on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um, so this is a sci-fi movie. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't describe it necessarily horror, but there is a horror element. Yeah. Thriller, thriller horror elements to it, but it's not quite a full-on sort of horror movie, which is maybe what I was expecting a bit, a bit more of. Um, but it's essentially a woman who lives alone, and she is visited by some big green men. That's how I describe it. Uh, Grey, really, right? Well, it's euphemistically big green men, but they are actually grey. Yes, and then it kind of unfolds, and then the notable thing is no dialogue almost at all in the film. Um, It's kind of almost a silent movie, which I thought worked very well. It didn't feel awkward at any points, maybe a couple where it, yeah. might have been some dialogue but I thought they, they did it fairly well um, I quite enjoyed it but maybe not as much as I expected I thought it was fairly well done but I didn't think it was sort of overly kind of smart in terms of the themes or in terms of yeah. the way it was put together like it was it was solid I, I quite enjoyed it 
but I wasn't sort of blown away. But uh, worth worth the watch, and I do love uh, Caitlin Denver, whatever. Dever, isn't it? Yeah, Caitlin Dever. She's she's fantastic. I think cool. she was the best thing about the film for sure. Mm. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, almost to the point that she was really the only thing I liked about it. Um, I thought I, I went two and a half, so I wasn't super down on it, but I thought her performance was great, albeit a little hamstrung with the no dialogue gimmick. And she did a great job with that. But there mm. were moments in the film where I felt like even diegetically the character would say something. I get, I get why she's alone. She's not going to, you know, artificially say to herself, hey, what's going on? <laughs> that door is open. You know, that stuff would have been cheesy. But mm. even scenes where she's maybe defending herself or, or in an act of, of desperation, she might have screamed a, get away from me or leave me alone. Exactly, yeah. We all talk when we're alone. So where, she- where there's artificially nothing, it, it that didn't quite work for me. I thought the visual effects were not good either. Uh, there's one bit where very mild spoilers there's an alien <laughs> where like uh, uh, a rug like drapes off it and it looks really really fake yeah. um, mm. also the alien's design I mean let's put a little bit of effort and not even the fact that it looked like your classic grey alien with the black eyes even the sound effects it's like uh, will we do something unique for this no just do that clicking noise that every alien does these days alright that'll do it's like, come on. There's like very little thought put into it, felt like. Um, and I didn't really like the ending either. I thought the ending, I wasn't no, sure what I, the message of the ending was supposed to be. Yeah, I think, I don't think the game, the game, the movie married its kind of personal story and its broader alien adventure very well. I don't think they meshed it very well. And I thought that made the, the ending feel very kind of blech, you know and also it, it, they, they withhold the reason why this character is so isolated for for a long time even though you, you can pretty much guess five minutes into the movie what yeah, it, what yeah, it is yeah. um so yeah while the performance was was very good and i would say generally outside of the effects i thought it was a decent looking movie i felt underwhelmed by a lot of it i thought i thought it peaked very early i thought the kind of opening 20 minutes where they're kind of illustrating her um isolation was well done that was like the but, most um, interesting stuff that yeah. was the most visually interesting it was like the most you know um uh, it was it was most interesting looking and yeah the, the effects weren't great it was kind of that typical kind of lower budget kind of fox I think production it still had like a 25 million budget or something like it wasn't yeah. that low yeah um, which, especially I mean, with the small cast you know? yeah yeah true yeah um, um i i just felt as well that the I mean, even it was only ninety minutes, but it it, it felt stretched. At it times. felt stretched. I felt the exact same way. Yeah, um, this might have been, you know, short doesn't necessarily have to be fifteen minutes anymore. But this might have been a good like forty five. Yeah, mm. I wasn't crazy yeah. about. It. What else That's have you seen, Paul? Films. Uh, I've seen another movie I wasn't too crazy about. Friday the Thirteenth. The very yeah. first one. The 1980 the original. The original, original. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was so fucking boring. Yes, yeah. Um, and I thought Halloween was boring, the original Halloween. But that <laughs> at least has the dread of 
oh my god there's the killer oh and look back he's gone you know it, it has that mm. I didn't find it very tense but it, it has that tension this movie just has nothing uh, and, and and weirdly the kills feel super disconnected from the rest of the movie like you have it I love the setting first of all I love the setting of the uh, yeah. summer camp for the, the slasher movie I think that that's perfect but what happens is you have these teenagers hanging out at the camp one of them goes away and gets murdered and the other kids don't even realize and the movie just keeps going and then another kid gets killed no one realizes until like the end of it so if you have this one hangout movie and a slasher movie that are happening simultaneously but like separate from each other <laughs> you don't have like at no point within the first hour of the movie does anybody go uh, where's Kevin gone I haven't seen him for <laughs> five hours oh he's <laughs> been killed it just doesn't happen it's like a really weird disconnect um Conversely to No One Will Save You, I think the ending of Friday the 13th is the strongest part of it. Uh, but it's such a slog to get there. Uh, I really, really hated most of it. <laughs> but it, I kind of came around to some of this stuff. Come to yeah. The I, th- I think Friday the 13th is one of those franchises that that original one, yeah, I don't, I don't have much time for it. I think it kind of gets better and it finds its feet as the series progresses and it kind of leans into the shit, cheese, <laughs> schlock factor. And, and right. you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's not. It's not like some of the kills and some of the effects are fun, but I mean, it never does a good job of making you feel like any of these characters matter or who they are. Like you, like to compare it to Cabin in the Woods, which is obviously a film that took some inspiration from Friday the Thirteenth. Like you have that scene in Star of the Cabin in the Woods where you're introduced to the characters and what their relationships are, and this is the one who's studying to go to college and the, 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 all the archetypes. This movie doesn't even have that. It's just kids and they're going to summer camp. And they hang out and play Monopoly. And every now and then, one of them gets killed. And you're like, well, okay. Do I care if they survive? Not really. Um, so that was bad. But then I got watched some good movies as well. I watched, uh, for the first time, The Fly. Oh. Which, is, which is my first ever David Cronenberg film. Because uh, okay. I've always been, I've always been too much of a pussy to watch Cronenberg movies because the blood and that. Well, it's gross. Yeah. Um, so I thought The Fly would be a, a good dip your toe in movie. Because it's probably old enough that it wouldn't be too grotesque. Um, and it wasn't. It was, it, it, it was fairly at my level for what I could tolerate, you know? Mm. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought it was... Uh, uh, Goldblum was great. This was pre-obviously Jurassic Park, but he was already typecast as... Um, uh, unlikely lost object nerd <laughs> yeah <laughs> from back then uh gina davis is great in it uh, and beautiful as well um and it's uh yeah i mean i i, I love the this the science element of it and i love the slow transformation because unlike the original movie and unlike the episode of the simpsons which is actually more aping the original movie than the cronenberg one you know he doesn't come out of the teleporter with Fly his head on or whatever. Yeah. He just comes out normal, and he slowly over time starts transforming. Mm. And it, the slow burn of it is really great, and has it has a very morose ending. It obviously doesn't have a happy ending, but it's uh, yeah, really really good. And and definitely, as far as Cronenberg goes, it feels like it felt like watching maybe an early Wes Anderson like Bottle Rocket or Rushmore, in that you could see the little elements of the direct what would become the director's trademark, but it wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I felt like the fly is kind of that with Cronenberg. Like an hour in, I was like, 
this doesn't really feel like you know like a Verhoeven movie. It doesn't feel like I, I'm really getting a sense for that director's craft. Mm. And then the last forty minutes, I was like, "Yep, that's it." <laughs> so he definitely turned it around. Very very good stuff. Um, and then my last movie, uh, ooh, big thumbs up on this one. This is one most people I'm gonna imagine I've never heard of. So what I'm doing for my Halloween movies this year is I went to letterbox.com. Oh, yes. Search genre horror and mm. arrange by average rating, highest first. Okay. And just, and just picking 10 of like the most interesting looking movies. Uh, so I came across this movie that I would have never otherwise seen, a, a Czechoslovakian movie from 1969 called The Cremator. Oh. Um which I thought was bloody great. Uh, so it's a story of, as you might guess, a man who works in a crematorium, uh, cremating the bodies, and he's very involved with the bodies. And this is set in, it's it's made in 1969, but it's set in pre-World War II Czechoslovakia. Mm. And so there's there's a, a, a impending World War II Nazism theme that hangs over it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, this man is very into his cremating. He, to the point where he, he believes that when he cremates a body, he's essentially releasing the spirit and he's, he's a little, he's a little off. He's a little odd. And the Philip, the the film develops from there. It's very much a character study about this one man and his, his, uh, descent into, whatever the world that he's living in kind of molds him into. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, I gave it a four on letter by four stars. I'm already thinking maybe I, <laughs> I, I scored it too low. I was really surprised because the film I'd never heard of, but it's, I think it's got a 4.1 mm. on letterbox. It's very highly rated. Um, really, really great stuff. Really like scary and not in a, not in a jump scare or a supernatural way, but in in a, in a in a way that there's people like this in the world, you know. I thought it was really great. Highly recommend for anyone who's looking. You know, after you've watched Saw Nine and you're thinking, yeah. "Jesus, there's, there's no good horror movies out there." Maybe check out uh, the Cremator. It's it's one of the Criterion releases, so you can Ooh. you can you could buy it or you could find it online. Um, very good. Sounds great. I might add that to the old list for the old Halloween season, the season that's in it. Yeah. Um, nice, to, nice to watch a really old movie that isn't just fucking The Conjuring 8. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I got, really some nice conjuring, I got some Conjuring Universe slop that I'll talk about shortly. But before, <laughs> before I get into that, I will talk about a non-spooky film and also easily the best film I watched this week. I did see Past Lives in the theater um, this past week, this day last week, in fact. And I mean, I, I don't think I can really say much more that hasn't already been been heaped upon it as far as praise goes. I mean, it's it, it was absolutely phenomenal. A really, really... Really beautiful, really superhuman, not about superhumans, a super <laughs> story about humans. There are no, it doesn't have Spider-Man in it, unfortunately, which is Aww. the only thing it was missing. Um, it is a, a really fantastic story about um, uh, these uh, childhood friends uh, in, in Korea who are separated when one of the families emigrates and they reconnect uh, uh, years later via the magic of technology and they sort of rebuild their friendship over, you know, Skype calls. They do a lot of period-appropriate um, 
a, um, a tech stuff, which I always really appreciate. The, the reuniting phase is sort of early 2010s. So they even look to have period appropriate Skype and iPhones and stuff like that, which is always a nice touch. Uh, and it kind of goes from there without getting too far. And it ponders a lot about, you know, the various paths we go in our lives. You go left instead of right, or you go with this person, or you get to know them, you take this job, you move to this place, and oh, what if my what if I had actually stayed where I was and what would my life be then? It's a lot of musing on that in a way that's really interesting and will 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 tug at the heartstrings, but it's not like overbearing, it's not screaming it in your face. Mm. Um it's really great. The central performances are just amazing. They are so, so strong. Um, and it, it weaves a, a nice amount of comedy in there as well. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't morose and heavy with a lot of these themes, even though it is, um, even though it is a very ponderous film about, you know, life and destiny and all these other things, it's, um, surprisingly jaunty. I, I I found I loved it. It 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 finally dethroned John Wick Four as my favorite <laughs> film of the year so far. Um, and I know they are genre peers; they're very similar. But I I I was like, I think Past Lives has taken the throne. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I don't have a definitive ranking, but probably among the best things A twenty four has ever released. Um, uh, it could be the best. I, I I'm trying to think of things. Ah, well, I won't get into that. That's a whole. That's a separate podcast. Um, but yeah, that was the that was our our, our non scary season uh, 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 films. Uh, I watched uh, a load of garbage. Then um, actually, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll start with the non garbage. I, I watched we rewatched Coraline uh, oh, last night, which love Coraline, which I had only seen for the first time either last year or the year before. Brona loves it. I had never seen it, so she made me watch it. Oh, oh, what a film! What a film! What an absolute just gorgeous, beautifully animated, incredible cast. You got Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Ian McShane, <laughs> uh, uh, French and Saunders, uh, and of course, the big man, Keith David. I mean, you know, w- w- what else does a picture need if not that voice cast? Uh, fabulous stop motion, just, just, and a, and a really wonderful, a classic story. Uh, 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 from Neil Gaiman, but it has a bit of a it has a bit of a Roald Dali kind of uh, uh, premise. The the premise sure. of Carlin. great stuff. So that's great stuff. That's a that's a, and that's a that's a, a a somewhat spooky film that everyone can watch if 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 yeah. the blood and the guts are not your fancy. If they are your fancy, another not terrible film that I, w- I would recommend is The Strangers Pray at Night, which is the the little discussed second Strangers film for obvious reasons because they nobody was called in for a Strangers film ten years after the original came out, the the Liv Tyler film, also with Glenn Howerton in it. Funnily enough, uh, in that original, he has a, he has a, a cameo, but it's not really a cameo because it was it was very early in 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 Always Sunny, uh, uh, whatever. He's in that in that film. I watched the second one which has Christina Hendricks in it and, and a couple of other, she's the only notable actor in it. I really like the second strangers film. It does not reinvent the wheel. I think it is a very well-made slasher. It won't wow you. It won't, it won't shock you with its deep themes, but I think it is extremely well-made. I think the second half of it is like a genuine, like really good, like roller coaster, uh, um, set piece, uh, run through. Uh, um, I think it's really good. I think I think I would tell people give it a chance if you've if you've never heard anything about the second Strangers film. I would say add it to your list. Um, uh, don't don't expect a, a groundbreaking horror, but you will get a rock solid one. Um, not rock solid was uh, we watched the Nun, which is the Conjuring universe pish I was talking about earlier. Um, so this is 
So the Conjuring has like they they are fully Marvelized. I mean, they have their core films. They have like the Conjuring one through three. I think James Wan directed the first two, and the first two were actually good. I do like the Conjuring films because James Wan is a good director. You know, he did Saw and Aquaman and things like that. Good, <laughs> good, good filmmaker. <laughs> Aquaman not amazing, but you know, uh, you know. Um, uh, so he he and he did Malignant, which I loved, and so the the Conjuring one and two are all right, and then basically fully like like. Marvel style, like oh well, you know, uh, in in the background of uh, Iron Man two, you can see an Infinity Stone. It's fully like that. They then mm. took like the Annabelle doll was in a Conjuring movie, and then they they've now made three Annabelle movies, right? And the nun is is a character, and I think the first one I don't I can't I can't really remember. Um, and so all the they're all in the connected universe. They're all prequels in a weird way. And so um, the nun, anyway, it's it's relatively self contained. You don't have to you don't have to have seen any of those other ones. And the nun is basically about uh, evil nun ghosts and these people from the Vatican go. We hear you have a nun ghost at your sanctuary. You shouldn't be here asking questions about our nun ghost. Everyone who has asked questions about the nun ghost dies horribly what could she mean by that let's investigate it's just absolute slop i mean and it's then, just the and then the nun ghost goes yeah uh, yes and then they do they do four or five uh, different blah, you know jump out of nowhere um uh scares which aren't even which aren't even scary because like the conjuring universe films do a lot of that and so you can like see them coming a mile away as well which is the, the thing it's not even it isn't even on a base level it isn't even like super scary terrible waste of time it, it, it you know it was so kind of cheesy and shit early on that i was like it, it almost kind of has a little bit of charm to it as like a shite film you would like you'd catch back in the olden days flicking through the channels and you'd maybe watch and fall asleep during but it's it's it doesn't even have enough kind of ironic charm to it for me to to give it anything other than a, a thumbs down we then watched alien versus predator because over the last few years, we've been watching the Alien films and uh, Predator and that. That's also rubbish, although I knew that was rubbish. I've seen this film like a hundred times. Um, I don't know why. Um, there's like a handful of ideas that are not bad in there, but generally speaking, it's like a very cheaply made, ugly, boring waste of time. Um, uh, th- there's not even the moments where the alien and the predator fight aren't that cool because they're doing mm-hmm. choppy, a million cut a second, shaky cam shite. So you don't you don't even get like the 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 Kong Godzilla movie was had tons of boring rubbish in it. But at least when they were fighting, it was cool. That was good, yeah. Alien versus Predator doesn't have that. It doesn't have that. So um, that was a waste of time. And then I'm very, very, very nearly finished watching every single Halloween film that's ever been made. We finally started Rob Zombie's reboot um, uh, 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 series with uh, the 2007 film, which, I mean, the Halloween franchise is abysmal. It's fucking abysmal, especially because I'm the same. I'm in the boat with Paul where I don't even really like the first one. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's a bit dry, but they, they kind of nail that final act. But man, it's just, and everyone agrees all the sequels are shite and the reboots are terrible and this, that, and the other. The Rob Zombie one, right? It's from that era when the reboots were just so like, throw out all the tension of the original right and what we're going to do is we're just going to make the film really gross dirty grimy blood soaked like the blood's a really dark shade the whole film just looks like shit intentionally because i'm trying to make the grossest ugliest film possible um uh, it uh, it also does that early 2000 thing where it tries to 
explain the monster and make you understand them in some way. Like the entire first half of the film is Michael Myers as a child um, with his terrible upbringing and his awful family, which is some of the most grating cinema you'll ever watch because he does a very good job of making it loud and obnoxious and you wanting every character to get massacred that you're seeing. <laughs> so he's, he does all that, right? I just I think that's such a waste of time trying to make you understand the monster. And then the entire second half of the film throws all that away because it's like a it's basically like a shot for shot remake then of the original, just with less charm and it's uglier and it's louder. It, you've got the 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 ghost scene where he's covered in the in the sheet, killing the guy, and he's stuck to the wall with things. Everything from that original film they then run through in a, in a shittier like forty five minute recreation in the second half. So it's like you're you're you you wasted our time with a, a shit origin story, and then you didn't even like follow through with it because you're still just doing the cosplay of the original terrible absolutely terrible and and there is like a a cult following for the second zombie film i have not seen it so i don't know i'll probably watch it at some point this month but i can't imagine this did not this did not tee up a banger um uh uh, uh for that so um so yeah a load of rubbish a load of halloween rubbish um uh, uh this week I'm going to try and watch some better films um uh next week uh i'll segue into tv though and say i did watch something decent uh which is i finally started watching i've been meaning to watch this for years tales from the crypt the old hbo uh horror anthology um uh, series which uh like so many kind of adult properties from the late 80s 90s also had like a cartoon and toys and a comic book and a, and a bunch of children's properties but the original thing was a hbo series um, so we just is watched this, one. Is episode this the one that's it. hosted by Ric Flair? Is it? Yes, this is the one where where he he sits there and he's got his um he's got a book of all his old territory stories and he cracks it open. And he's like, well then, now woo. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is the um uh, uh, it's kind of it is kind of like a HBO eyesed um twilight zone is kind of the, the premise of the show yeah. half hour episodes they've they had a bevy of hollywood stars uh cameoing and appearing in over the years we just watched the very first episode where i think set the table well because the main character is played by uh the antagonist from die hard 2 uh uh the the guy who you see doing yoga naked at the beginning of die hard 2 i've forgotten the actor's name but anyway and the premise of the um, uh, of the episode is that he is um, he is uh, sort of a, an electrical worker who throws the switch on the electric chair in in a prison in I think it's in New York I'm not sure um, but then when the death penalty is made illegal he uh, takes it upon himself to become a vigilante to execute people but he still has to do it by electrocuting them because that's his thing and he just like he just likes electrocuting people so he's throwing toasters into bats and things like that. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's it's very wacky it's very cheesy but and it's and it's similar uh, uh, to twilight zone i i think there's going to be a lot of reaping and sowing going on for these protagonists because i i hate to spoil things for you but he does end up dying in the electric chair at the end of the episode um in, in a manner that makes you think does that make you think these horrible stories uh but yeah it's very charming um uh it's like little half hour bites and I'm looking forward to it. That ran for eight seasons. I was shocked to learn when I when I was looking it up. Wow. But um, yeah, I've, I've been meaning to watch it for a while. Um, so that'll be our, our Halloween jelly. And I'm also uh, persevering with uh, Rick and Morty. I'm halfway through. I've actually finished season four. Um, yeah, I, I, season four wasn't amazing. Um, that was the the story 
train episode, uh, the Rick's kids with the planet, um, the dragon episode, which is like the worst episode um, uh, uh, I think they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Lots of whiffs in in season four. And also, I I noticed when I was when I rewatched season three, I felt like that was a season where they really got into um, let's try and actually do some through lines between things and not just have each episode be a, a self-contained adventure that we never talk about again. You've got they, they go back to the Cronenberg planet. They have uh, Beth and Jerry separate and that runs the whole season and blah, blah, blah. And then season four is like, OK, we're not doing any of that anymore. You know, everything we, we've gone back to sitcom land where everything kind of resets at the end of the episode and it's fine. And I was like, OK, that's a little bit disappointing. It's OK. There's still some laughs. I, I you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a terrible season, but um, a bit of a dip. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I definitely feel like um, I could feel it waning. Uh, so I, I'm going to I'll get that rewatch finished before uh, next week when when Rick and Morty is back. Big week next week. You've got Rick and Morty and new Frasier. All right, so so the boys are the boys are back in town. Oh, I watched a whole. It was like a twenty minute promo on YouTube uh, about the Fraser returning. Baby. There's a show back that I'm a big fan of as well on Netflix, Lupin. Oh, I see. I, I, I see a lot of advertising for that. I keep meaning to like. I should start it because I know you picked it up. Yeah, it's back. Lupin. Have to watch that. So Telly is uh, on the way back. So yeah, that's my Telly for the week. Um, I've been playing some, I suppose, moderately spooky games. Um, I talked last week about El Paso Elsewhere. I'm still playing that. I mean, that, I, the level I'm on now, I'm literally in a graveyard and I'm fighting monsters and zombies. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. This is this is a spooky game. Uh, so yeah, playing that. Uh, I started um, uh, Lies of P um, this week on the old Game Pass. This is the... Um, we have Bloodborne at home game. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the it's, it's Bloodborne, but like with the, with like, um, I feel like if they made this into a Hollywood movie, everyone would so roll their eyes. I'm shocked they haven't, but it's like, what if Pinocchio was dark? What if it was dark fantasy Pinocchio? Um, you're playing as Pinocchio and you're in this kind of dark fantasy world where puppets have been manufactured to be slaves of peoples, but there's been some variety of uprising. They've gone crazy and they're massacring people in the streets and you have to try and rescue Geppetto and figure out what's going on. Mm. Um, uh, I think I think everything I just said outlines my main criticism of it, which is so, so, so this is, this game is extremely unsubtly, unashamedly, just outright telling you, we love the Dark Souls games. We love Bloodborne. We want to make one, and we've made one. And the combat and all that stuff is really good. The thing it doesn't have that those games have is it doesn't have that great, subtle, almost ethereal storytelling that the FromSoft games have, where you're picking up weird notes, and, and it's got some inscrutable message on it that tells you something about the world, but you have to go watch a three-hour video essay on YouTube to actually understand what's going on in Bloodborne. This game is is a little bit stupider in the sense that you're like picking up a note that says, hello, I'm, I'm a scientist. I'm working on a, a puppet police officer. I don't think he's going to go crazy and kill me. Let me finish this note in just a moment. <laughs> and then you, and it's, 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 it's te- like the writing is so unsubtle and, 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 and really kind of lame. And it's exactly as eye rolly as what if Pinocchio was dark fantasy. It's exactly as eye rolling as that premise would, would tell you. But big, but 
I, they made a really good fake Bloodborne game. The, the game part of it is really, really good. So the combat is good. It's satisfying. It looks nice. It sounds nice. It's got a good sound soundtrack. Um, uh, uh, lots of fun bosses. I'm, I'm like five or six hours in. Um, it's good. The, the game bit of it is good, but just do not expect them to to recreate that that kind of wonderful, mysterious world building of of actual. Uh, Dark Souls games. Uh, that's what I've been playing this week, along with the old uh, stream games coming up this week. Saying farewell to Mario Galaxy and saying farewell to Silent Hill 2. Uh, very sad. Two, two excellent video games. I mean, just excellent, excellent video games. Uh, Paul, I know you've been enjoying the, the, the Mario Galaxy playthrough and you've been you've been partaking yourself in, the, in, in some galaxy trotting. Yeah, I mean, speaking of dark fantasy and ethereal, you know, storytelling, uh, Mario Galaxy 2. Mm. Loving it. Uh, there so- is a weird vibe in Galaxy. It is I, I, like it's whimsical and fun in the Mario way, but there is I can't quite put my finger on it. There is something kind of not bad. It's like different than all the other, than the aura of the other Mario games because they're all very feet on the ground, literally. You it's know, like uh, if Mario got bloody high. You know what it's, I mean? It was yeah. like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm in space, man. And, and dreamt he was in Fantasia. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's why I, I did enjoy that game, but much like Sunshine, it didn't feel like a Mario game. Mm. I need earth. I need mushrooms. Yeah. I need I mean, the dirty pipes in the ground. Not stars and sunshine. <laughs> I mean, the, the real difference is that Galaxy is not infuriating like Sunshine was. Yeah. Uh, although that being said, getting to 120, uh, as, as, as I did, there, there's a few... That were not easy. Uh, I'm I'm on Mario Galaxy two now. I'm forty five stars in, so I'm approaching the halfway mark, and it's it's great. It's um, it's weirdly though not feeling like a step up. It just feels like more of Galaxy, which is not necessarily bad because it's a game that I really enjoy, but almost feels like a uh, whatever a forty hour expansion pass you know it's like mm. you like Mario Galaxy here's fucking 40 more levels which is not not a bad thing but it, it also uh, doesn't feel like a step forward in a lot of ways that being said there are some more fun uh, power-ups uh, I haven't encountered that bloody spring Mario yet which which was my least favorite thing from Galaxy uh, impossible to control mm. um B Mario is back, which is good, but there's a few new power ups which are which are cool as well, and uh, yeah, a few, a few really cool levels. There's there was a slide level which Galaxy One didn't have, with the old um, N64 music, and actually Mario Galaxy Two <laughs> has a <laughs> lot <laughs> more. <laughs> That's the one. Mario Galaxy Two actually has a lot more uh, callbacks musically to the old games. Mm-hmm. There's like ghost levels that use the ghost house music from mario world uh obviously i think the it's also true in galaxy one but like the bowser level from 64 that music is used for every end world boss level um it's great and one thing that i do like about it is i talked about the fact there's no hub world so when you get a, a hungry luma uh they appear on your ship next to where the level select is instead of you having to remember where in the overworld they were which I uh, just got confused you this week on, makes, on the makes stream. It, makes it a little bit easier. Um, and yeah, everything is, it looks like a Mario world 
map level to level like a tree rather than a Super Mario 64 style hub world like Mario Galaxy 1 has where you'd be like uh, there's a comet level in the kitchen you're like which one is the kitchen again you have to remember where everything is all that's made much easier in Mario Galaxy but mm. level to level it just it's more more of the same and I'm really enjoying it also Yoshi's in it and he's cool yeah Yoshi's alright <laughs> Yoshi's a fun mechanic uh, for for galaxy, okay. well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that. Um, just to just to, I, forgot, I forgot to put this on the sheet because it was actually only just today I was doing it. But just because, like, even though I have ten million current games I'm playing, um, I decided to just start playing Odyssey again, Mario Odyssey this week. That's a good game. Now that's a fucking video game. Let me tell you, I I suddenly feel like I'm going to get fucking one hundred percent in that, even though I didn't originally back in the day. Oh, but anyway. Perfect. That's a, um, anyway, that's a serious game. The, that is the video game uh, chatter for this week. Do we have some albums of the week? Yes, album of the week. I listened to uh, Supernatural by Santana. Classic oh. 1999 album by the uh, Latin rock superstar Carlos Santana and his band. Um Features two absolute stone cold bangers from that from that year from that era. Smooth mm-hmm. featuring Rob Thomas. Well, it's just like the ocean. And Maria, 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 she reminds me of a West Side Story. Growing up in Spanish. Oh, he's here. He's the man himself. All right, Santana. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this um two, uh, two songs I absolutely love. Um, do, 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 do. There are quite a few other collaborations on there um, that I don't really remember. So one with Dave Matthews, one with Lauren Hill, one with Eagle Eye Cherry, oh, mm. and Eric Clapton as well. Um, I didn't really remember any of those. I don't know if they were big singles, but they were pretty good, not quite as catchy. Uh, and then the rest, probably like the first third of the album is typical kind of Latin rock with the, you know, the guitar and the yeah. corazón, mi amor, da, 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 which I'm not a huge fan of. It's quite a sort of... Michelle loves it. She's always listening to Mexican stuff, but it's quite, um, it's quite kind of simple. It's very kind of simple mm. love songs, guitar. It's you know, a vibe. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a vibe. It's a whole damn Latin vibe, and they're speaking in Spanish and stuff. And that's yeah. cool. Hola. That's cool with me. That's yeah. cool with me. I had no problem with that. But um, I, I probably wouldn't go back to that. Of course, however, I will go back to all the uh, the big singles uh, time and time again. So yeah, I enjoyed listening to this. Very different from everything else, but um, apparently I found out from Michelle that Spotify Wrapped ends at the end of October, so I need to get in as much weird, vibey genres as possible right. to make my Spotify Wrapped as weird and diverse as possible. So you got, it's got to be cool, man. Listen, it's got to be all, so cool. Everyone, everyone can, can pretend they don't care, but we know they actually do care. Yeah, I do. That song really reminds me of the Attitude Era, by the way, because I think I just played that playing on the radio during that, you know, summer of 99 and yeah. Austin Undertale and all of that. So, anyway, don't know why. That's, there you go. Yeah, I like that album a lot. I think it's the most, uh, it, it was Carlos Santana doing do it, doing one for the for the non Latins to be like, here's a little bit for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I, I, I yeah. quite enjoy it. I like it. Well, I think that was the. Uh, who's the producer? It's the Cl- oh Clive Davis, the legendary 
producer who wanted to put him together with a lot of popular yeah. artists to kind of create oh, right. an album. Yeah, yeah. And it, hey, it bloody worked. Do it yeah. again, Clive. It's a good album. Um, good. I just noticed CeeLo Green's on this album. And in 1999? Never, yeah. It, it wow. Was a very kind of early one for him. But I just realized CeeLo Green is very much a kind of off brand D'Lo Brown. I knew that's what you're going to say. CeeLo, D'Lo, Green Brown. Oh, I've wow. Never, I've never thought of that before. Yeah. But I don't know. Something, there's something there. There's something I've got to think about that. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. And, and, and J Lo Blue. Don't forget him. J Lo Blue. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I listened to the new Electric Six album, uh, Turquoise, because I bought a couple of tickets to go see Electric Six in Dublin in December. Oh, nice. Uh, ooh, Ticket to a Gay Bar and Danger High Voltage. They're two hits that people know. Um, I've seen them live already in the same venue. Mm-hmm. But uh, I quite like. I, I have a soft spot for Electric Six. I quite like their stuff outside of the the albums. Uh, musically, I think they're they're fun. Their their lyrics are a yeah. little little straightforward. Uh, as far as comedy music goes, I think lyrically I prefer stuff like Bloodhound Gang and mm. Tenacious D, maybe. But um, I like musically Electric Six a little bit more. Than those bands, but Electric Six, six lyrics are not very. It's, you know, it's, it's like uh, uh, we 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 work out and we eat ass. They're like that, but in music, <laughs> Iron Savages of music. Um, mm. But this album, this album, I thought was 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 pretty good. Uh, very simple pop rock kind of croon croon vocals. Lyrics lyrics aren't that clever. Um, like I think Bloodhound, like people might look down at Bloodhound Gang. I think Bloodhound Gang is as stupid as their lyrics are. They're actually quite well. They're like wittier than they get credit for, as dumb yeah. as they are, clever, dumb like, in a sense. Um, internal rhyme and stuff like that, which I think is quite clever. But uh, no, Electric Six album is pretty good. It's like a, it's like a decent three star album. A um, couple of couple of earworms on it. Um, but if you're not a fan of their style, you probably wouldn't get a lot out of it. It's not something that I would recommend to people. If you if you want to know if you like the Electric Six, listen to Danger High Voltage and Gay Bar. If you like them, maybe yeah. listen to you more. If, you, if you're not too hot on those, you're not going to like any of the rest of the stuff. But um, yeah, I'm going to see them in December again. That should be a, a bit of fun. That's it. Alrighty. That's uh, two thumbs up there for uh, Satana and Electric Six. Uh, uh, this is um, this is the uh, popular music show. Uh, the ca- the date is the 9th of October two thousand two, and uh, <laughs> we uh, will be back with more hot tunes uh, uh, next week, and we'll be back with more of the usual fun and games. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you your uh, Tuesday night war uh, reviews uh, next week, except not reviewing NXT. Um, as well as more uh, Halloweeny uh, movies, TVs, games, and non-Halloweeny versions thereof as well. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I uh, hope you have a pleasant rest of the week. And uh, we'll talk to you again at the weekend. It's a uh, goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye.